Welcome to another episode of Good Old Sports. It's the day after Christmas. A lot of shows take off. We don't because around here, every day is the Super Bowl. I'm your host, Riley Pate, co-host, best friend, business partner, uh, Adrian Hernan here with me. We're powered by our media business, RNA Media. We're glad you're tuning in because we got a lot to break down and Check talk us about. Out. Yep, and it was a great weekend of football. Matter of fact, I think... The football may have been better than the Christmas. Yes. I mean... <laughs> I, listen, I I can't dispute you there because it was. Um, we we seen some it was some questionable games, you know, uh, some questionable games. But also, man, Saturday was jam packed full of football. When I talked to you about that, I really felt like because we're going to open up, of course, with the NBA. Yeah, with the NBA. But I really felt like the setup with the NFL was because they didn't want to go head to head with all those games. Well, yeah, with the NBA, and I believe jam packed the schedule. I, I believe so too. I think that was it was uh, done that way. I think it was a good idea because you had all you know you had the Lakers and uh, the Mavericks kick it off early uh, yesterday, yeah, and then uh, Philly and then the Nets. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I prefer it that way rather. You know, you know, it's football. You know, you had a couple of games yesterday. Uh, but and I like not having to bounce so much between the NBA and the NFL. Yeah, because like, that's a couple gonna, of games. Yeah, I, I, I like getting to watch it. You know, because I, I wouldn't have been too too happy, you know. You know, I've had to bounce between my Lakers and the Cowboys. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, both teams have the uh, tendency well, to show up when they want to sometimes. So. One of the few people in Texas that would have to do that bounce between your Lakers and your Cowboys. Yeah. I don't know, man. Listen, that's just the teams that I was raised up with, man. You know, Lakers, Kobe Bryant, and Shaq. You know, Robert Ory and those guys, uh, Derek Fisher, and then you had uh, Emmitt and Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman in their last years there as a Cowboy, and then so on and so forth. So, yeah, you know, just my, imagine what my household is like when the Cowboys yeah, are that's the true. Play. Yeah. <laughs> so, starting off with the NBA, your Lakers blow a lead, a big a lead. 40 at yeah. some point league at that. Uh, blow a lead and lose to Dallas. As the Mavericks come back. Now, here was the thing. So, you know, I was bouncing back and forth between that and a couple of the football games. So, I did do a little bit of bouncing around. Luke only had nine points in the first half. He ends up with 32 for the game. That I mean, that showed me what I saw in the second half from him was he's the guy. He can carry the team. Now, I still contend you've got to get somebody for him. Like, right. you've got to right. have a one-two punch there. I thought that L.A. looked very good in that first half. Defensively, they were all over the place. Right. Uh, they were playing hard. You know, you had LeBron. He's still there. My big takeaway from from that ball game is LeBron's not who he used to be. Like he's well, not even respected by the other of, team. And of course, and that so that's what we've been saying this whole show, you know, for weeks, months, even. Yeah, is that LeBron isn't the same caliber of player. He still gets his thirty or whatever per game or whatever, but he's not the same LeBron that you've seen even when he went back to Cav- to the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's because of age, and I feel like it's gonna get, it's gonna be that way, and probably even still as he gets older, because he just, uh, I believe, turned thirty-eight, maybe. Yeah. So I, I believe as he gets older, and he ended up with thirty-eight points too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday. <laughs> now Westbrook was the other one. He only wound up with seventeen total, but he can still make some shots. Yeah. Like you watch him, and you go, "That's a guy who." 
in a pinch, kick it out. Because they, they did a good job of that in the first half. Uh-huh. If the shot wasn't in the paint, they would they, the, the Lakers did a good job kicking it out. Westbrook got a couple of threes there uh, that that kind of put the dagger in Dallas there for a minute. I'm watching. I'm going, okay, well, there we go. Yeah. And then Dallas just didn't give up. I, but but my big deal is how good could Dallas be? Like, if you would just go get one yeah. more play. So that's another thing. you got a good basket. You know, they were talking about this morning is that – how long do you expect Luka to carry the Mavericks? You know, because that's the truth. You know, Mavericks could be ten times better if you just go. And we talked about this last week on the show. If if you go and get you know a couple of, I say maybe even two, two or three more players mm-hmm. to put around them, you have yourself a solid team, and you have players coming off the bench. But I just asked the question: How long Luka's going to be able to carry the team? Now for the Lakers, yeah. You know, we've been saying before, Russ has been coming into his own. Uh, but this is something that me and my brother talked about this morning is, you know, you had Pat, you brought Pat Beverly in, right? Mm-hmm. You brought him and Russ in. You brought Russ in last year, and you brought uh, Pat Beverly in this year. And I think the expectation. And you still got AD on that roster. Yeah, you still got AD on that roster. But I think the expectation of that, um, of those guys where, okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to play like how I've been playing with, with the other teams. You know, I'm going to run the show. I'm going to be the guy uh, that I've been all these years. And that's not so because they didn't need the rust that was going to um, take over the game, that was going to, you know, be flashy. And they didn't need that. They needed the rust that was going to come in and play point. Yeah. Uh, get Move the ball around. Mm-hmm. And score some. They didn't need all the flashy, you know. They didn't need the constant back-to-back triple doubles. They didn't need that rush. Right. And then with Pat, no team really needed that rush. Yeah. Like you look back on where Russ has been outside of those few years where he kind of tried to help carry Houston. No team has needed that rush. Like exactly. he's just wanted to be that guy. Yeah. But as a as a basketball player, he's better when he's the point guard. He's just kind of <laughs> dribbling up the field, kind of helping to command the offense a little bit there. You've got AD in there to play the big man, do his yeah. thing. I, but watching that roster, and this was without AD, of course, mm-hmm. but watching that roster again, because I've gotten to catch a couple of games, but getting to watch that roster again, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, just trade LeBron. Like, get away from, well, from the, the mess. Is Rob Palenka disregarded Everything that Magic and Phil Jackson told oh, him, yeah. and and the thing it, the, about that is, you can let it be detrimental to the uh, to the team, or you can allow it to build your team. But right now, it's not looking too good for them or LeBron. Now, yeah, he's getting his thirty plus because they're sitting at, sitting at what thirteen? Yeah, and it. So between 12th and 13th. Yeah, they, they keep bouncing. So they're in between, okay, we're going to get a playoff spot and between, okay, we're going to play a play-in game. You don't want that. Now, it's either you're going to you're gonna figure something out to do with LeBron or... My question is, with that payroll, how long can they get away with the play-in game? You, know, you can't. It would be another year of that type of a situation. You, you can't because... And Le- how can you continue to justify the- that in L.A.? I just... I wouldn't say the pro- the thing is, and I take it to caliber of players. So, say they wanted to go get now. Zach Levine said uh, a couple of days ago that he would love to play with a player like LeBron. You know, a big guy that can you know pass the ball or whatever. But we're talking about 
players like that are on. You can count them on one hand that actually want to play with LeBron. Yeah, but those are the younger guys. Like okay, I won't even say that. But this is what I'm going to take it to: is the caliber of player type uh, uh, scenario. Yeah. yeah. So you have, let's say, you have a player like Jason Tatum because I've used this scenario before. You have a player like Jason Tatum, right? Mm-hmm. And so say, okay. Well, we need a shooter like Jason Tater on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to go get Jason Tater. Okay, Tatum. Okay. Uh, what are you going to do with LeBron? What do you mean you gonna, what are we going to do with LeBron? You cannot, the thing is, you cannot have a caliber of player like Jason Tatum and then like a, a caliber of player like LeBron because you, and you also have Westbrook and you also have AD. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to go because you don't have to pay Jason Tatum AD money. And or and or Westbrook, Westbrook money. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay up. Yeah, and so as of right now, you probably could stand to 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 let go of a to let go of uh, Westbrook for Jason Tatum. But that ain't that's it's not gonna, it's, that. it's not going to happen. I would never let go of anybody out of the three that you named: Westbrook, LeBron. Eighty. The only one I'm taking phone calls for is LeBron. Exactly. Okay. And so that's what I'm saying. Why you can't have a player like that and LeBron with Zach Levine? That's that's still questionable. Now you maybe if you didn't have Westbrook, but as far as like a Jason Tatum and people keep talking about like, oh well, you can get this player and that player. That's not going to work. They're going to be coming off the bench. They're not going to start over AD. They're not going to start over LeBron. What's the point of having these players who are clear starters if you're going to have LeBron there? And that's that's the issue that you run. That's the wall that you run into. Is because LeBron is your top guy. As of right now, he's your top guy. You can't bring in another top guy from another team with LeBron being your top guy. Well, when it's not going to work in the offseason, somebody floated out there about LeBron and he said, no, thank you. Yeah, because like, like when you have a player of that stature saying yeah. that, that indicates to me how the rest of the league views LeBron because James. Because you, you, you know those executives view him that way too. Like why why do I want to inherit that problem? Like L.A. got themselves into this mess. They're the ones who you know gave him the extension. They're the ones who gave him the keys to the kingdom. You know for that franchise. So why would I want to put myself in that situation? And it feels like that's the way the rest of the league views him. So my question is, what what are you giving up for LeBron James? Like, who's getting him, and what are you going to give up if that's the direction that they choose to go? But after watching him again yesterday, it's clear to me, yes, he had his 38 points, but he still couldn't carry the team. It just wasn't good enough. But you start looking at that roster, and you look at the type of basketball that they need to play. What got them the big lead was the defense. I mean, they, they were actually able, they were holding exactly. Luka. They were doing what they had to do. They played and, on that side of the basketball, which we haven't seen in years past. Yeah. Well, see, and part of that, and kind of bounce back to Pat Bev at this point, because I, we were talking about, you know, them not needing the flashy uh, Westbrook. And uh, Pat, Bev, Pat Bev, if you remember, came in uh, and they asked him, well, you know, what do you think it'd be like, you know, playing with LeBron and AD? He's like, oh, LeBron and AD don't get to play with me. They, yeah. And everybody kind of the... looked at that and went, like, no, we don't need that Pat Beverly that's going to just take sh- No, we need yeah. a Pat Beverly that's going to be 
defensive guy. Yeah, and, and so far he had. Yeah, and so that's what we need from. And he did. He showed that yesterday in the first half. Uh, that's what we need from him. But to go back to that LeBron, uh, and, and we're not saying I don't want to make this all about LeBron, but it's a very big focal point because because and he's the big why. guy on the team. Not only that, but the reason I keep bringing up LeBron James is you look at the rest of that roster. That's not a bad basketball team. No, like that's not a at all. Team. Yeah. You've got Patrick Beverly. You've got Anthony Davis when he's healthy. You've got Russell Westbrook. You've got a young nucleus there you, yeah. of up-and-comers. You look at that roster and you go, that's a playoff caliber team. Why are they sitting at 13? Well, you look at how they play basketball with LeBron in the court. There's your answer. So, I, this is my theory. This is, this is my take on it uh, as far as them... Being that team, because I believe the same as you do. I, I I do say you need to get rid of LeBron, not because there's any kind of animosity, but I say it for the betterment bettering of the team. And, and I think the Lakers will never truly find out who they have or what they have until you do that. Because if if you do that, you'll be able to look at your team. Okay, so so now we got this big mm-hmm. piece out of the way. Let's sit down and let's look at what we got. Let's look at the potential that we have. Mm-hmm. And then you start to build from there. Okay, if you have Max Christie, who's a rookie, a good rookie, mm-hmm. first-round draft pick, coming off the bench, you have him. Okay, now let's see how he – let's look at his play style. Let's look at what uh, Russ's play style. We have him at point. Uh, Pat Vell, he's our defensive guy. Uh, and then you have Thomas Bryant at center. Yeah. AD at uh, power forward. You have something there, but you with LeBron there, I, I think LeBron kind of overshadows all that. Mm-hmm. You move him out the way, you'll be able to see these guys. Okay, now what pieces can we get? You need more. You need wing pieces, guys that can come off the bench, guys shooters. You need shooters. You don't have shooters. Um, Where's my shooters? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the you know he asked that question. Like LeBron said this at the beginning of the season. What do you expect? We, you know. But you need shooters, yes. But you got to be able to move some pieces around, and you don't want to let guys go that has so much potential. You're gonna have to get rid of the big piece in the room, man. And that's the. And I think I don't, for whatever reason, the guy that coached Michael Jordan and won how many championships with him, Phil Jackson. How many? Uh, three. Three. With, yeah. Well, with Jordan, no, he won six with Jordan. Well, six with Jordan and three uh, with Kobe. Yeah. Uh, more than three with Kobe, I think. Or, or my, like, did, did, was it five with Kobe? Five, five, five with Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. And so you're talking about two of the best players in the league, Kobe and Jordan. Phil Jackson was their coach. Why wouldn't Rob Pelinka take his advice and trade LeBron? What does Rob Pelinka have invested in LeBron that we don't know? It's the fact that he was an agent and... <laughs> That I mean, that was the problem from the get go. It's all, and that's the thing. And so, I I, I do believe you know Jeannie Buss when she said you know LeBron isn't the same caliber player that Kobe is. No, he's not. Of course, he's not. But you see something there. You can't expect LeBron to come in and do what Kobe did. Well, I want to bring this into perspective. So, six players under thirty had the majority of the minutes for the Lakers yesterday. Under thirty. Just a young roster. It's a young roster. Why are you clogging it up with a guy who is notorious 
for trading away young talent. I, I mean, I, I don't know why you would continue down that path. Because you watch Westbrook, you watch Beverly, you watch AD when he's on the court, and you go, okay, they will let the young guys play. Like, they're, they're going to help us just kind of shape up yeah. a well-rounded roster. And I watched LeBron yesterday take shots he didn't need to take, uh, make some moves he didn't have to make, because that's he wants to be that guy. You can't continue to do that. No. But six players under 30. That, that's nearly half the team. That's nearly half the team. And you think about that, you could take that and you could win for the next five, six, ten years. Instead, but that's you're going to hold on to that cap space, you're going to hold on to that payroll, you're going to hold on to that control after you've been told time and time again... If you want to win in the future, you've got to get rid of LeBron. LeBron. But that's what I'm, and that's what I'm getting at is I don't know what he has invested in LeBron. Um, but in order for the Lakers to see and to build for the years to come, you're gonna have to get rid. And like I said, there's no kind of animosity, but it's looking past LeBron. And he's a talented guy, good, you know. Ball player, he's you know he's LeBron, of course. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. But let's look past that. Le- the Lakers have one of the most talented teams, yet they're stuck at a 13 win and a 13 spot. And this isn't usual for the Lakers. You know, it's not. And this is two years in a row. Two years in this a row. This is you know we're gonna get our guy, we're gonna do it our way, and then you fall flat yeah. on your face. And, and you 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 sh- you cut your legs off when you get rid of your two guys, and they and we talked and we said this before. You get rid of Javale McGee, you get rid of, and you let those and uh, the White Howard go. You let those two walk. Those are your two defensive guys. Yeah, you you killed yourself. No, for the nobody in L.A. after that bubble championship thought that they would be in this position. No, in you, 2020. You, and you keep those two guys, and you win. You possibly win another year after. And you're probably in it for this year. But you let go of Contavious Carl, Caldwell-Pope and then um, Danny Green, um, Alex Caruso. But these are your guys that are coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know? Lakers don't have... They have they're have. they starting to get to now where they're building a bench. But you don't have any room for growth with these guys, yeah, man. Yeah, you've got to have some depth. You've got to have, like I said, it, it, it comes down to if you're going to win the NBA today, as it as the NBA is constructed, you have to have a well-rounded roster. You think about the teams that are in contention right now. I mean, serious contention. I'm not talking about just a playoff team. I'm talking about even the championship contenders. Though Some of them, yes, do have the stars, but they are well-rounded basketball teams. Like you watch the Pelicans. That's a well-rounded basketball team. Another one that we're going to talk about here in a minute is the 76ers. That's a well-rounded, yeah. I mean, out of nowhere, but well-rounded basketball team. So you you look at some of these other teams. Dallas, if they add one more, would be considered a well-rounded basketball team. So, I mean, you're looking, and if you're the Lakers, you've got to say, how do we catch up to the rest of the league? Will you go get pieces that put depth on the roster? The NBA, as it stands today... You're not going to win a championship with one or two guys. It's just not going to happen no. anymore. Those days have gone, and they're not coming back. Right. Because we're we're seeing a different style of basketball. So we went from the big men and the 
playing in the paint. Then we saw, you know, everybody tried to replicate, uh, you know, Golden State with a three-point shot. This year, we're going back to more of a well-rounded attack. Right. You know, the three, the two, the inside the paint, kind of on the perimeter type of basketball. And because of that type of philosophy, we're seeing more and more teams have to be well-rounded because you got to be able to move the basketball. It's not. It, it's not about we're going to kick it out to one guy, let him drive or shoot the three or whatever. It's we're going to move the ball around. We're going to spread it out. And so, and that's successful basketball. The crazy part about that is, you know, we're talking about the Lakers kind of as a base of it of this NBA thing right now. And we, you mentioned that, but you realize the Lakers started that in that twenty twenty championship year that. Because you look at it, they had the big men. They could play in the paint, but they also had shooters. Yeah. They also like, and so it was a that team was a well-rounded basketball team that won a championship. And then they get away from they it. Got they got away, and, and you look at it. But you look at the Warriors and how they, I mean Milwaukee, how they won that next year, a well-rounded basketball you know team. And then you then you look at the Warriors, a well-rounded basketball team. You still had the shooters, you still had the Splash Brothers, but. You had Draymond, and you had the uh, other guy. I can't think of his name. The Lakers got him now. Um, defensive player, a good defensive player from you had uh, Gary Payton the third. Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan Poole, and so you had a well. You had guys coming off the bench that could shoot, and you had that could play defense. You had a well-rounded basketball team. Now, as you look at it, the teams you just named, they're well-rounded basketball teams, but. I don't see why the Lakers, I mean, there's no excuse, good excuse at least, or any at all, as to why they shouldn't be up there with those guys. They shouldn't. I, I mean, they it should Outside of... Outside of the Celtics. But they hung with the Celtics. They, they have hung with the Celtics. That's they, they hung with the Celtics. They hung with Philly. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they played the Nets yet. Oh, yeah. Have they played the Nets? They did earlier they in the year. That was earlier in the year, though, yeah. before the Nets kind of hit their yeah. time, which we're going to... Get to here in a minute. But the Lakers should be, I mean, those are games they should have won. They've hung in with teams like that. So they are a good team. They just have to figure out what to do and how they're going to do it. I believe get rid of LeBron, trade him or whatever you're going to do, get back what you can for him, and move forward. Build your team. Yeah, you, you've got to if you want to contend into the future. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we've kind of talked about the 70, or mentioned the 76ers. They won eight in a row. Now, that was a team that last week, you know, I was kind of talking about James Harden and that whole situation, but it seems that as of late, him and Embiid have found their rhythm. That, hey, it's not about one guy over the other. We're going to we're gonna spread the basketball. We're going to get ours, yeah. but we're going to learn how to play as a team. Doc Rivers is doing it quietly. And this is the thing. You think about that. You've got Joel Embiid. You've got... James Harden, you got Doc Rivers all in a room together. Yeah. And that's a quietly ran team. Like, all of a sudden, Danny Ainge has kind of figured it out, put together the roster. Doc Rivers is pushing the right buttons. Uh, Harden, it seems, may have found his place in, in that he's not trying to be that guy anymore. He's finally figured out, I'm older than I used to be. This is probably my last chance to be on a competitive roster. Mm-hmm. He, he gets straight again. He's not going to a, a, a competitive team. Yeah. So he's looking. He goes, "This is my last chance. I'm going to do what I got to do. Like I, I, I'm going to be the good teammate. I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to get mine. But I'm not going to continue to try and run the team. I've tried that in a couple other places. It didn't work. Let Let's see what we can make happen. 
That, you know, that's looking like a great move. It, it is. And, you know, I've seen some clips of him this morning on ESPN, and I was, I, you know, I, I kind of came to the conclusion, okay, Joel Embiid, and, and you know, he, he stepped up, you know, because, you know, last week I was like, well, he's not that guy uh, as far as, you know, being able to carry the whole team by himself. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe, yes, that uh, he stepped up and, you know, James, James Harden uh, kind of, Improve his role on the team, mm-hmm. and to be able to to be able to that to do that, I don't know if they came, they sat down together and come to an agreement, or they just you know kind of worked figured it out throughout the games. But whatever it, it seems doing, like they've just kind of figured it because there's not been a big scandal. It's not yeah. like we had a sit down. It it's just more about those two looking around, going okay, what is it going to take for us to be competitive? What's it going to take for us to be in the playoffs? And beyond that, what's it going to take for us to be in the conversation to play for an NBA championship? Right. We've got to learn how to spread it out, get ours, but then at the same time, be that well-rounded, like we talked about earlier, be that well-rounded basketball team. And Doc Rivers is the kind of coach, you know, he gets a lot of flack because he has had his larger body of work scrutinized. Mm -hmm. You know, he he won the championship with Boston. Yeah. But then he's also had some blunders in the playoffs. Right. And so, you know, he, he has been questioned. But there's there's always been a, a presence with Doc. Like a calming, okay, let's calm down. We don't all have to get bent out of shape. Let's figure out. Well, and last year you had the, the, the friction there with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons had to go. Yeah. Ben didn't want to be in Philadelphia. Doc was tired of dealing with it. Danny Ainge famously said, you know, we don't know if he wants to play for us or not. So we're going to put him out on the market. But besides that, Doc has done a good job of calming down that locker room. Of yeah. saying, you know what, here's the process, well, let's go be a playoff. You know, that's how he beats you. He did it with when he was over there with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. He was the same coach. He did it in Boston. Uh, that's how he beats you. Because, yeah, you're right, he is that calm guy. He's like, yeah, we're not going to panic. We may be down, but I know the guys that I have. And yeah. I have trust. I, I put my trust in the players that I have and my coach. I, you know, he's just been that type that type of coach. He, I mean, he hasn't. It's like you said. Yeah, I mean, his work's been scrutinized and you know uh, thrown dirt on. But you got to put some respect on the man's name. I mean, he's come still on, a Hall of Fame basketball. Yeah, coach. look at the players he's coached and and uh, Ray Allen, Rondo, um, Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. um, Paul Pierce. Those guys. And then uh, Kawhi Leonard, and so I mean he has he has the respect. He give him his due uh, diligence, and what he's doing right now in Philly is nothing different. James Harden and and Bede are just the I, I say they're the fruits of his labor. Because in Bede, a couple of years ago, you know they make the playoffs and then they bounce. They they. A couple of years ago, when they uh, played um, Kawhi, um, when he was with Toronto, they lost in Game 7. They were this close. And so, and that's happened for the last couple of years. And so, you look at it now, they have what it takes to be able to go. I, I don't know, if they can get past Boston, that'd be great. Uh, as I said last week, I don't see anybody getting past Boston as of right now. Boston, the, Boston's there, yeah, by far the the most well rounded team in the league. Yeah, and, and so it, it's kind of it's kind of tough, but I see them as being a team that can go 
up, you know, head to head with Boston in the East. I and with Embiid having the help of James Harden, who is a shooter, who can also, you know, um, I don't know about too much playing the paint. I haven't seen too much in the paint, but he is a good player. But with the help of James Harden, I do see that those two together leading that team to that, you know. And Rivers seems to be the first one that Harden will listen. Because he's an old school type of coach. He he has that authority. Okay, I don't have to be the guy to pull up. Even in in Houston, you know, there were times where, even though Mike D'Antoni was a veteran coach and had his style of basketball, there there appeared to be times you'd be watching him and it was like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. You call what you want to call, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, It certainly happened there in Brooklyn. And now he comes to Philadelphia and you see a different approach. That I'm going to listen to you. And I'm going to do it your way because your way is, is going to be the only way that we can have a chance to beat a Boston or a couple of the other teams that are out there in the East that are good basketball teams. Right. So, I mean, let's keep an eye on uh, Philadelphia. And then another team that's surprisingly on a, a streak here is Brooklyn. And this was a team that everybody put six foot under because of the mess that, you know, happened. Yeah. And they seem to have. Right at the ship over there. Now, a lot of people are going to look at this and go, well, that, that proves your point. Steve Nash can't coach. We don't know. Like, I still maintain that we no, don't yeah, know whether or yeah, not Steve Nash yeah. can coach. I don't think that was – I think Steve Nash wasn't the issue. The, the, the issue was – Yeah. It was an internal issue with the front office and KD and Kyrie and whatever they worked out together, they got it worked out. And like I said, they've won eight in a row. Um you know, if you've seen, if anybody's seen and they that beat movie, the Bucks. they yeah. beat Giannis to the Bucks yesterday. If anybody's uh, seen the movie Uncle Drew, the Kyrie starred in, Kyrie's playing like Uncle Drew right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's playing like the old Kyrie. Yeah, and I had eighteen their last game against the Bucks. Uh, Durant had twenty four. Simmons, of course, only had twelve. Yeah. I mean, you know, but he's scoring points. But he is scoring. Yeah, I still say. He that probably was, wasn't I mean, like yeah. That's not a great basketball player by any chance, but uh, you know, or by any measurement. But for whatever reason, they put it together all of a sudden. Yeah, and hats off to. I mean, honestly, I mean, you, you, yeah, you but, couldn't continue. But okay, here's the here's the the question I've got. If I'm Brooklyn, if I'm that front office, yeah, we're winning games. But is this sustainable? That's the question I would have. If I'm Brooklyn, if I'm you know their GM, I'm looking at this and going, okay, is this a sustainable thing, or do we still need to consider getting rid of Kyrie Durant or both? Ooh, I, I, I mean, that's <laughs> the in the so it, it's kind of like some of these teams that win their way. Out of the spot. Yeah. That's kind of what you get the sense with, with Brooklyn. They're not winning the East. It's not. I mean, they're not. No. But so that's a. Okay. Is Brooklyn as good as Philadelphia? Like you watch them play and, and you have to ask yourself. No. Are they. Okay. No. I think. Are they I think Philadelphia. No. Certainly not. So, I mean, there's your. T- at least your top two. Yeah, but you with 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 the with the Nets, 
I don't know what else. I don't think trade talks with Kyrie or KD should still be on the table. I mean, okay, as far as so what they're doing the right standings. now. Now, currently the Nets are ahead of Philadelphia because before Philadelphia's run, they were deep, you know, deeper in the standings. Yeah. But you look at the East right now. You've got Boston at one, of course, at twenty-four and ten. They're five and five over their last ten. You've got the Bucks twenty-two and eleven, five and five over their last ten. Cleveland's twenty-two and twelve, seven and three over their last ten. Brooklyn is twenty-one and twelve, nine and one over their last ten, and Philadelphia is twenty and twelve, eight and two over the last ten. They're your top five teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Who is Brooklyn better than? Out of the top five teams, name that list again. Celtics at one, yeah. Bucks at two, mm-hmm. Cleveland at three. You got the Nets currently at four because of where Philadelphia was previous to the okay. streak. And, and, you know, of course, Brooklyn's been on their run, too. So, they're 9-1 over their last 10. Then you've got Philadelphia, who's 8-2 over their last 10. Okay. So, you said who is Philadelphia better than? No, who is Brooklyn better than? Brooklyn better than out of the top five? Yeah. Out of the top five teams, I just think. Because, I mean, you've got the rest of the East. You've got New York. You've got Atlanta. You've got the Pacers. You've got the Heat. You've got the Raptors. You've got the Bulls. The Wizards and the Magic and the the, the total of Toronto after thirteen. I say, but but after five, the Knicks are not a championship caliber team. The Hawks are not a championship caliber team. The Pacers are not a championship caliber team. The Heat aren't consistent enough to be considered a championship caliber team. Toronto's not. The Bulls are not. The Wizards certainly aren't, and the Magic aren't. So go ahead and knock them out. So you're down to your top five. Those are the ones that you could look at and say they would have a legitimate chance. To win some playoff games. I'm, I'm saying, I'm looking here at that number three spot with the Cavs. That's what I'm looking I think Philadelphia and Brooklyn are better than those two. Yeah. But I think Philadelphia is better than Brooklyn. Yeah, I do. T- I mean. I- so, okay. If you're, let's say that Philadelphia is better than Brooklyn, but Brooklyn's better than Cap- the Cavaliers, which I agree is a very strong possibility in my opinion. That over the course of the season, mm-hmm. we're going to see that change. But if you're no better than fourth best in the East, why do you hang on to Kyrie Durant? Like, like if they're not going to put you in that upper echelon of the, the top two. Well, that's because they started slow. And this is why I say you don't you, you take that off the table uh, with trading them. It's because do you really want to mess up a duo that's getting started that's kind of helped get you to this point now? Do you really want to, you know. But if they're not going to win you a championship, why hold on? Like that that's my thing with the NBA right now. It's so wide open for the most part. I mean, outside of the Celtics just being really good. Yeah. And and New Orleans being very good too over there in the West. But the the NBA is so wide open right now. Why would you not go build yourself a roster that you say, "Okay, now we've got a legitimate chance to be one of the top 2 teams in not only in our conference, but in the the league." Because if you continue to hold on to Kevin Durant and Kyrie and all that money because Kyrie's going to want to get paid again. Yeah. I, why I, would you sink money into something that's not going to get you in that right? Okay, I, and I, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. But I don't see them getting rid of both of them. That would be, I won't say asinine, but that would be just kind of... But if you're Kevin Durant, okay, let's say they trade Kyrie to, to the Lakers. First of all, who are you getting? 
From the Lakers? From the Lakers. Who who would... I mean, like, if I'm L.A. and Kyrie keeps, you know, let's say at the end of this year, they don't make the playoffs, or they, they make the playoffs to get bounced in the first round. And Kyrie says, only, you know what, I still want to go to L.A. Yeah. The, the only one that... To, for Kyrie would probably be Westbrook. But if I'm L.A., I don't make that trade. I'm not saying they should, but I'm saying that's probably what it'd be worth. Okay, so if you're Kevin Durant and Westbrook comes into town, you've already tried that. Swallow your pride. But I don't think you will. It's Kevin Get Durant. Get rid of, the e- of your ego. But we've we're talked talking, about this before. I, know, I understand, but we're still talking about Kevin Durant. I just don't see a, a situation where they both stay. And if one of them goes, I don't think the other one stays. Not unless, not unless Kevin... Gets trade uh, if Durant gets trade, Kyrie may look around. And go, okay, I can actually. But okay, so with those two players, it's not a Kevin and Durant. Kevin, uh, Kevin and Durant. It's not a Kevin Durant and Kyrie uh, problem. Far as them being able to play, it's a problem as far as who's around them. But I'm saying if one of them goes, I don't see the, the other, other one going. Okay, okay. well then that, if that's the, if that's the case, you keep both of them. But I don't. Th- I I just think that it's too tenuous. Of it. why keep both of them? Why keep either of them if they're not going to make you a championship caliber basketball team? I don't. I, I believe if I'm running an NBA franchise today, there's no way. And, and this is my deal with the Lakers. There's no way that I am wasting my time or my money on players that aren't going to make me a championship caliber basketball because there's too much again there's too much wide open space for me to go get on a run win some games and now I'm in the conversation because if I'm in the east I'm I'm chasing one maybe two teams if I'm in the west I'm chasing one maybe two teams the reason why I say that you look at the type of player KD is you look at the type of player that Kyrie is. They both have championships. What is stopping... Uh, Kevin, I don't... Okay, Kevin, but all right, Kevin, you can say that about Kevin. You can say that about Kyrie, too. With that's right. Okay, I agree. Okay, but there's still Kevin, Dur- there's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. There's still those guys. They still are those type of players. In name only. And But they can play. I'm not saying they can't play, but I don't think that either one of them are the leaders that are needed to make... They are compliments to another duo, in my opinion. They are good compliments to somebody else's duo. I, I say this. You're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to figure it out because there's nobody else out there that that, that could come in and, and, and match. They're going to have to work it out together. But this, Okay, but that's the problem. This is where I had reservations when Brooklyn did this. We're talking about Ke- uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Who couldn't win in Oklahoma City. So he says, I'm going to Golden State. But I don't like it here. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go pick off an easy championship. Okay. okay, I got my ring. Now I'm going to go build on my own. Let's go to Brooklyn. So I'm going to bring in Kyrie. Come on down. Uh, Harden, let's get the band back together. Well, this isn't working. Let's trade hard. Okay, I want out. No, you want out. No, I want out. It goes back to what I said from the beginning about that situation. You tried to build this quote-unquote super team with two guys who are not ones. Like, they're not. Both of them are great basketball players. Nothing wrong with that. Both of them are going to get their points. Both of them are going to play hard. Well, when Kyrie wants to. Not arguing that. 
But on their own, if you look at the totality of, of their careers, they're not ones. They're somebody else's two or three. Kevin Durant wins a championship when he goes over there with Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry. Then he wins a championship. Kyrie is there with Kevin Love and LeBron. LeBron. They're not ones. They're somebody else's two and maybe a third to another duo. And you tried to build a super team around that. That was the miscalculation that Brooklyn made. Is they tried to build... And, and certainly, Ben Simmons is not the answer. Like, he's not going to be that third guy that all of a sudden makes this okay. thing go. So, so, let's picture this real quick. Because I'm... So, you wouldn't have an AD, LeBron James, and a Kyrie Irving. You don't think that would be a good, uh, a good uh, you know, trio? No, why would I give up Westbrook? Like, that that's my thing. And here's why I say that. Why would I give up a guy who's finally figured out his role for a guy who will figure it out and then decide he doesn't like it? That's my hang-up with Kyrie. I'm not saying don't bring Kyrie in. I'm saying I don't give up Westbrook to do it. But as, the end, <laughs> as far as consistency goes, I get... Okay. Okay. I, I, I get that. But I'm looking at a more... I want... Ball handler? A better ball handler? Okay. Um, better shooter? Um... I won't say better overall player, or when he when he does play, because it's kind of the same with Westbrook. Westbrook has taken shots that he shouldn't have taken. Um, he's he he's a shooter, but he's not a shooter. If that makes sense, like, yeah. He can shoot when he when, when he's he can, on, he's on. Yeah, and when he's off, he's off. Yeah. And so, if you're talking about consistency based player, Kyrie. Is the more consistent base than Westbrook because, like I said, Westbrook shoots when he can or when he when he having a good game or not. But Kyrie, you can expect any any given game, Kyrie's going to come in. He's going to shoot. He has great ball handling skills. He has uh, great communication skills on court. On the court, he knows his role. Whereas to Russell Westbrook, is starting to figure it out, but he's still kind of fumbling through it just a little bit. And so you go get a with this with this trio, you go get a more well-rounded a well-rounded player in Kyrie Irving. And so that's why I can say I can kind of picture it will it happen? Probably not. The only way that happens is is that's contingent upon holding on to LeBron. I I, I just don't see where that makes the Lakers a playoff contender. Like I, I feel I, like you're trading one guy for another, and, and and there may be a little bit of an upside. Maybe like you say, yeah. I'm not saying that there's not, but that's not that doesn't take you from a 12th best team in the conference to four or five. Like to me, the if the Lakers are going to make moves, they need to make moves that make them leaps and bounds. Okay, better. okay. Well, here's okay. So okay, it ain't gonna happen, or it could. Hmm. Okay, so check this out. Okay. You trade K 
KD and Kyrie to the Lakers with with AD and with Russ, right? For LeBron James and his son. <laughs> hey, and his it's son. It's a future pick. First round pick. Future first round pick. And remember, I mean, now contractually speaking, that can't happen. Though. That's what. I, that's the only way you saw. You get them out of Brooklyn. Get them back to uh, Cali. I think that they both get tripped, but I think they go to for contract purposes. I don't. I don't see how another team's going to bring them. Okay, we well, well split them up, but I think they're going back to Cali. I don't think they're staying in the East. They're not going to. Well, Kevin Durant's not going back to Golden State. They could. Why though? Because Golden State's not even... Okay, Clay might not be around. Yeah, but I mean, Draymond's probably not there either. Like, so you I, get Kevin Durant. No, I think Golden State's hitting the reset. Officially? Unofficially. Like, I don't think they're going to come out and say it. But but you lose those two guys, like Thompson goes, Draymond walks. Then you're stuck with Steph. I mean, and he's not on his own. He can't do it. You still he, have he, Jordan Poole. You still have Jordan Poole, but that's it. Bring KD back. I'm telling you, KD could make a re re-entry at Golden State. He, you would have the freed up cap space because you're you get exactly. your contracts off the books. Exactly. Kyrie I see Kyrie going to the Clippers. I won't say LA, but I think he's Clip, been there. He did no he didn't. Oh no, he didn't make a stop there. He no. almost got traded there. That's right. Yeah, he uh, went from Cavs to Boston, Boston, and now with the Nets. And then now he's with the Nets. That's right. Um, but you do that, I think he goes to the Clippers. I don't because if Lakers ain't going to get him, who else is going to get him? I don't see them staying in but the, the East. The Clippers are kind of in no man's land too over there. Is there? That's the problem. Like you, uh, the the issue is their the West contract. is bad. I mean, the West mm. is just so bad. Okay, well, you stay in the East. Who are you going to the East? Are you going? Are you going back over there with uh, with uh, what you call him? Um, Harden? Do you put him back with Harden, or do you put him there with well, Giannis? Okay, it, but that's the question. So if it, let's say he wants to play for Doc Rivers in Philadelphia, okay, Doc Rivers ain't gonna have it. Well, okay, but here's the thing. That tells me who was the problem in Brooklyn. If he agrees to go and play with James Harden, then who was the problem? KD. Exactly. I don't see, other than that, in, nah, he ain't going to the Bucks. Uh, I don't see him going, I don't see him staying, he ain't going to the Knicks. I don't see. I don't know where else you he stay goes. In New York, or does he go to Atlanta with Trey Young? I don't know. I I could see the Knicks. They're a playoff team. Yeah, you stay in New York. Maybe maybe you can be the guy to help resurrect the Knicks again with uh, Julius Randle. It's a possibility, but I'm just saying. I mean, you'd have to look at contracts and cap space. Yeah, but I, but I'm just saying these are two caliber top caliber players. Who don't officially have a set place? Who haven't had one since they left their original teams? 
and they're just bouncing from place to place. You have to find, and I think what's kind of hurting it, hurting them as players is their egos, uh, and just figuring out how to play with other guys. KD could have easily three championships right now. Kyrie could have at least two. You know, they both have one, but they can have so many more. But they just got to learn how to play with other guys. Kyrie wasn't so wasn't sold on LeBron being in Cleveland because he was the number one guy before LeBron got back. He when LeBron got got back to Cleveland, Kyrie he settled. You know, he like he tolerated it, but he he didn't enjoy playing with LeBron. You know, it got him a championship, but but that's it. Like he he went from the guy that if he didn't score. 40 or 50 a game, you were disappointed. Right. So now he was being asked to be the guy to score 20, 30 a game. Under LeBron's shadow. Yeah. And so, with that being said, now you bounce over to KD, who's in OKC, was having some uh, injury issues. And so you had James Harden and uh, uh, Russell Westbrook step up to the plate. Well, those guys started getting more shine. Well, I want they, out. I want I out want because out. they can't outshine me. Yeah, and Harden's like, well, no, I want out. Yeah. Go ahead and trade me. And then Westbrook will look around and say, this team's terrible. But he's the only guy there. So, what do you get? Back to back, back to back. Yeah. Triple-double Westbrook, you know? Uh, you get that. But what what's kind of helping these guys now in their career? As you said it earlier with James Harden, he's starting to figure out, this is it. This is the only competitive team left that I could possibly go to yeah. have a chance. Yeah, if I get traded again, I'm right. going to And it, it, it's the same with Westbrook. He may have another fighting chance with another good team, maybe. But it's the same with Westbrook. You're starting to figure out how to play with other guys and just to play your role. And but I, you get the feeling that Durant's never going to figure that out. Like, you, you get the sense with him. Because everywhere he's been, it's been about him and his opinion and what he wants to do. And it's still that way. I mean, he you know, he wanted Steve Nash out. He got Steve Nash out. Yeah. He wants this. He wants that. So you get the sense that he hasn't matured to the point of realizing, I can go be a, okay. a two to somebody. All right. Want. So that's, if that's the case, let's that's, that's kind of run with that. If that's the case, it was the same thing in OKC. Harden and Westbrook weren't the problem. It was KD. It was KD. If that's the case. There were were NBA executives coming into this year that said KD should be charged with fraud. Like, literally. Yeah, I remember that. And and just take your money and then want out. Yeah. And not fulfill his end of the bargain. (laughs) Right. I mean, so when you have people in the league saying that about you, that's a problem. Right. And and so if if Russell Westbrook's figuring figuring it out, James Harden's figuring it out. KD's kind of just, I want to stay. I don't want to stay. I want this guy going. I may leave two at the end of the season. If that's the case, KD's the big issue. KD's the big issue, but KD's still a Hall of Fame basketball player. Who can play with KD then? Nobody. That's a problem. KD will go down. He will be a Hall of Famer because of his overall stats. But he will probably have to retire with the one championship. I don't see and that's a sad case anyway. because he's a good, he's a great player. It's a great player. That shouldn't happen that way. Nope, but it's going. Kyrie will probably get another one before he does. Yeah. I would, yes, I would, I would definitely think so. Yeah, because Kyrie's got a better chance of going to a contender. Yeah, 
and and having figured out his role. But KD, he, but KD can't stay with the Nets and not get something from it. You just can't. Well, he's getting all that money. Other than <laughs> money. I'm saying you can't be with the Nets and them not build something around you and you still not win the championship. At least one. You just can't. Uh, you've helped, I mean, to an extent, helped build that organization back up to something. And you can't waste it away. I mean, you've made them relevant. Again, yeah. For good or bad reasons, yeah, you've made them but relevant. In, but you can't waste that. You have to do something with it, right? You would think. And and Kevin Durant, by all accounts, is a legacy guy. Like He's very concerned with what his legacy will be. But my point about that has always been, well, if he's so concerned about that, why doesn't he do something? Like, why, <laughs> why doesn't he do whatever it takes to be remembered as the guy who could win championships? Because he, he's not willing to do that. The reason we still talk about Magic, the reason we still talk about Larry, the reason we still talk about Michael, the reason we still talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is because they did whatever it took to win championships. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Bring it, whoever you got to bring around me. I just want to win championships. And I'm going to play my game. And Kevin Durant's not that way. His mentality is, I'm going to get mine, and I want to run the team. I don't want to be overly coached. I don't want to be you know held accountable even by teammates. That was the problem in Golden State between him and Draymond. So I don't want any of that, but I still want to be remembered as one of the all-time greats. It's not going to happen. Maybe statistically... But in the annals of history, we, we don't just talk about the ones who are statistically great. We talk about the ones who do things that we remember forever. That And those are the guys who are willing to do whatever it takes. Shaq and Kobe famously reached a point where they said, you know what, let's work this out because we want to win championships. Famously did that. Why can't Kevin Durant? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, but it is what it is. That's the NBA. Yeah, right and Cap, Kobe and Shaq had one of the biggest feuds in basketball so history. They set it aside to win. They won three in a row, back to back. So I, that's the NBA. Yeah, that's where we live. That's the world we live in. It's bad. It's, it ain't. Sad. I'm not gonna say it's. Bad. I'd rather say it's sad than bad because you have all these great players, and it's like it's going to nothing, man. It's true. It's sad. I do want to see out of, out of all of this. I do want to see Luca get him one. Uh, he deserves it. But they they've got to add yeah, another I, piece. Yeah, so I want to see Luca get one. I, they're well overdue for one, really, with him. Um, I, I guess I'd like to see Kyrie get another one, and uh, I want to see Russ get his first one. Russ uh, needs one. Yeah. For 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 yeah. for what he's done, yeah, he needs one. And really, to cap off his Hall of Fame career, yeah, yeah. he'll get you a ring. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on to the world of college football. College football. You've got the Where, the playoffs who? coming up this weekend. Yep. Who you got? I'm more. I'm just gonna say this right now. I'm more excited for the Orange Bowl. Just because the Olympics. yes. Oh, because. I'm okay, kind of like, I want to talk about that for a minute. How meaningless have the other bowl games become? Be, very meaningless. Even like, though Alabama. Like, like even Al- Alabama's <laughs> going to play this weekend, and nobody can't, like, nobody's, nobody's raving. Ole Miss no... is going to play. Nobody's going to watch. LSU's playing a bowl game. Yeah. Nobody I'm watching the Orange Bowl. Because it's Clemson and Tennessee, man. I like. Okay, I, think about that, though. 
Tennessee was one of the main stories in the country and they for most went, of the season. And then now they're playing in a bowl game that nobody cares about. Like they're not even they're not even front page news right now. Nope. And they were one of the more exciting offenses in all of college football. Harry Hooker went down well, they lose that one game when he the game that he went down in. Yeah, then he goes down, that's it. Yeah. See you later, Sayonara. He, the season went with him. <laughs> that's a sad case, man. That, really that's very because they were okay. They're number one. It was at the point where Georgia wasn't even in the talks when they were, you know, Tennessee was still in. Yeah, the, everybody thought Tennessee may beat Georgia. Yeah, they're, they're looking at there's your SEC championship, team. right? But now it's like, well, it's Georgia, Michigan, OSU, and TCU. Uh, and, and they've got okay. Talking about that, you know, you've got OSU at four. So really and truly, the it should be Alabama. Team, it really should be Alabama. Should be Alabama. Just gonna throw that out there and let it float. Okay, but TCU, because of their unwillingness to just lose a game, <laughs> okay, and stay out of. It. I mean, well, they did lose a game, but I'm saying it's lose a game before game. the yeah. championship game. Oh, you had to lose one game, and you had a couple of close calls with Baylor and uh, Texas Tech. At one, like you had some close calls. Just lose a game, man. But because of that, and because of the committee's decision to put a one-loss TCU in, a Big 12 championship in, over an Alabama, uh, over you know some of those other teams that were right there on the bubble, that went up being you know right there. Yeah. Because of that, Georgia gets ripped off because now they have to play Ohio State at the four spot instead of TCU. They've got the harder game. Like, Michigan's looking at <laughs> going, okay, thank you. We, we love the TCU's at three. But I'm going to throw this out here. Now, I, I ain't saying it's going to happen, but I'm going to kind of throw this out here. And I'm going to let it, I want this to float into space, too. What if TCU comes out and upsets Michigan? Oh, it's not going to happen. I've seen both of them play. No. I'm just, I'm just, listen, no. it's anybody's game. No. I'm just. No. I want. I want this to flow. You kind of think of you in your mind. Blindfold all of the Michigan football players and cause Jim Harbaugh to go mute. And I still say that they beat TCU. Listen, I'm going for Michigan. Too. TCU I'm going, is the most overrated team in the country. I'm going for Michigan too. I want Michigan to win it all. But I'm just saying. I just want to let this kind of rattle around in your brain. What if? What if? It's not happening. It is not happening. I'm just saying, what Max if... Max Dugan, I mean, yeah, he was in the Heisman conversation. But it, but should he... He's not the same caliber player you, as... Uh, as what's got... What's got... Uh, Michigan's quarterback... Um, McNamara... No, uh, not McNamara. Uh, the new kid. I've seen him play. Hold on. You always put me on the spot here, man. Well, what I'm getting at is he's not the same uh, caliber player as that kid. No, he's not. It's I mean, Max, Max Dugan is good... You know, but it's not that kid. But I just want to throw out there, you know, TCU defense. What if they show up and have an outsta- outstanding game? Uh, McCarthy. Yeah, you McCarthy. got McNamara and McCarthy, but right now McCarthy's Start. the starter. What if TCU's defense comes out and... No. No. Has an outstanding game. They're not going to. That running attack from Michigan is something else. That's different. That's something different. TCU's in over Listen, there. Listen, I, I, like I said, the, I just... I, the playoff committee created a terrible situation for everybody involved. Once again. Because they don't know how to do their job. Now, I do, I do hope this. I do hope this. 
Because Cincinnati had a bad year this year. Yeah, after after that, that was a terrible year. Terrible year. Yeah, just throw it in there, and just to throw and just to throw this in there. <laughs> I Cincinnati had a bad year. I hope it ain't the same for TCU after this. I seriously do, because TCU, you know how long they've worked to get to this moment. But TCU may not even win the Big Twelve next year. But that's what I'm saying. They have a bad. They, what if they they have a bad season next year because they were put up this high on this pedestal as the top number fourteen, then they get busted and bounced by Michigan in a blowout. Cincinnati never recovered. No, and they shouldn't have because Cincinnati shouldn't have been in there. But that's what I'm saying. Okay, the, the, the board the problem, the, up. Okay, because that's the problem with the last two years is all of a sudden the playoff committee has decided that they want to try and create <laughs> a basketball situation with all these Cinderella football teams. It's not going to happen. Let, let's just say the board, I hope they're not cooking. They're not cookers. Well. I, and I say that, and this is why. You ever had those cookers that would just try something new, just throw something random in there? And, you, you know, you get the people, you know, and they're like, what the heck is this? Oh, it's just something new I tried. I added a little something extra. <laughs> and I think yeah. that, that's sort of like what the board is doing. They're throwing these teams, and yes, they're good in their respective uh, conferences. But when you get to the SEC, and then you get to the Pac-12, those big teams like that, the ACC teams, other than maybe Clemson, well, and since they're not even a Power Five school, you know they were out. They were the first group of five. Yeah, and and so, but you look at, but I'm just saying, schools like that, they don't need to be playing schools like Alabama and Georgia and. But it's going to happen because now we're going to twelve teams. Every conference champion gets in; they're guaranteed a spot. Then you have an at-large bid after that. You you just kill it. I mean, I think the twelve game, the the, the twelve team thing. The will twelve be good. teams will be good because then you're you have some intrigue there because then Alabama's playing in a playoff game. Ole Miss is playing in a playoff game. Uh, Mississippi State, rip rest in peace, Mike Leach would have been in a playoff game. Yeah, uh, you know, so you would have had teams there in the mix. That I think keep it interesting. USC's in. I mean, by all Utah would have gotten in because they conference champion. Yeah, so, Utah wasn't a terrible football team. No, I mean, UCLA's in the conversation again. So I, I think that then you have an interesting pool. Now, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, maybe a Tennessee, maybe a, you know, but you. You're down to your blue. These these TCU's, these Cincinnati's, the all they're out. Sorry, they're just not to the caliber. But I think when we go to twelve teams, we're gonna see that. You're gonna see it this year, anyways. When Michigan blows them out, we've seen it when Cincinnati blew. You know, has been blown out. Notre Dame got blown out when they would make the playoffs. I mean, you see it that if you're not a true blue blood, but now Notre Dame in years past, yeah, that was a blue blood program. Not so much in the last 20 years. I mean, they're still in the conversation, but you could see the recruiting difference. I think we're going to see more of that when we move to 12 teams, and here's why. Because even after all the dust sells, and everybody goes, well, that gives everybody a chance, the the, the six teams remaining that go on to the next are going to be blue blood programs. And you're going to see just how deep 
that vein runs in college football. Like we're it, it will be terribly exposed how much better the SEC is than every other conference in the country. We're going to 12 teams for now. Yeah. And then eventually we're going to go to one big conference and one conference that doesn't mean anything. And the conference that doesn't mean anything is going to have their playoffs and the super conference is going to have theirs. That's where this is headed. I think that's for the better. I do too. For these schools that are involved. Just split it but, in half. But then what are you going to... Here's the issue. When this happens, and it inevitably will, we will get to that point. But when that happens, what do you do with the Oregons? What do you do with Texas? Those because teams, Texas is not going to be as competitive in the SEC. No. So what are you going to do with that? Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm just going through off the top of my head here. What are you going to do with the Clemson? Because Clemson now is on the outside looking in. They would still be in there if there was 12 teams. But they don't. They no longer look like a true it, national championship contender. Angalele's uh, uh, out. You know he's he hit the portal real quick and in a hurry. Not that he was anything special, but but you see what's happened now that Etn, uh, Trevor Lawrence, all those cats are gone that that were kind of the staple I, for for their run. Of I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that if I had a map of the United States right now, I would tell you how you could split this up. Uh, Based off the major universities in each state, you know, uh, and based off of uh, caliber and strength of schedule, um, I would be able to show you how you're going to split this up. And what I'm looking at right now, you take the teams, of course, from the SEC. You take a ten, you take Tennessee, you take Ole Miss, Georgia, Alabama, uh, maybe even the uh, Texas A&M or LSU, and you take the teams that are on the West Coast. You take the USC. You take uh, UCLA, Oregon, um, even maybe a Stanford. Um, and you take those teams, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe a Colorado. I think Colorado eventually will be a good team. I'm going to talk about them in a second. Um, I disagree. And okay, and you, then you take uh, you take those teams. All right, they have theirs, but I think in order for this to work, it will have to be three instead of two. Because I think you'll have those teams. And then you might have the teams that are on the East Coast, the ACC with uh, uh, Clemson, the Cincinnati, uh, Maryland. Uh, I don't know, maybe Notre Dame. Or no, Notre Dame would be in the third one because they're a private school. Yeah, Notre Dame's still talking about coming to the Big Ten. Well, if they do that. Or, they, or what all that's going to do them because then you've got USC and UCLA coming. Exactly. So, I don't know. why they That may boost their recruitment. Uh well, because as it stands, Notre Dame's looking at this whole situation. Yeah. And they're going, okay, the days of us being able to make the playoffs as an independent team are numbered. Right. But, I mean, even for us to have a chance to be in the conversation. And I think Brian Kelly saw this coming. I think this is part of the reason he bolted. Because I think he knew deep down Notre Dame didn't want to join a conference. And he knew that when, when all this started to unfold, the independent team would be out. And here's why. Because going to 12 teams, your conference champions are automatically in. Yeah. They're automatically in. Well, the only way that that matters is if you're playing in a conference. You have to yeah. be playing. And he, he knew if that happens, Notre Dame's only chance at that point is an at-large bid. Not saying they can, 
But the days of the the NCAA looking at, or the playoff committee looking at that and going, we're going to let you in just off of the fact that you know you got to play whoever you want to in the country, are numbered. I I don't see that being a sustainable model. So I think that that's. Do I think that Notre Dame is one of the top teams in the country? No, I don't. Do I think that Marcus Freeman is a downgrade from Brian Kelly? Absolutely. Do I think he's as good? You know, supposedly he's supposed to be a great recruiter. We'll see. He better get you know hit the road and and, and get get after it because they had a very disappointing season uh, this past year. But if you're looking at joining the Big Ten, buckle up because you've got USC and UCLA coming over. You've still got Oregon. You've still got Michigan. Michigan State's still there. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> not just a, we're going to come in and win the conference. Oh, and I forgot to add Ohio State. But I think it's going to be, when it eventually gets down to it, it's going to be three. It comes down to money. Yeah. It, it comes down to how do we get all of these teams in meaningful football games. It's going to be those top colleges. And that's the only way. You, but I say three because you still got to have those teams that, you know, those, I would say small colleges, but. Like a, a like Indiana, Wisconsin, and yeah. Nebraska, uh, Iowa. Which yeah. ain't Nebraska now? They're they're going to be in the conversation all of a sudden. Matt Rule has hit the ground running over there. He is recruiting right and left. He's doing a good job. That that is a quietly building storm. That storm's brewing in Nebraska. I'm not calling it like right out the gate, but I am saying that Nebraska is going to be back in the national conversation. Sooner rather than later. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I ain't gonna dispute it. I. I and that I, rule is where he needs to be. Like he's back yeah. in college football. But Nebraska. That's where he's. The, Nebraska is one of those teams. You know, I've never. I always kind of took a, a slight liking to him. Uh, I don't, I'm not gonna say always. I haven't always, but uh, they've always had something uh, to them that was kind of intriguing, along with Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Hey, if that's so, then I mean, by all means, man. I hope it's you know it happens for them, but they're definitely a program that uh, needs the recognition back. Uh. Yeah, I mean, you know that that's a team that historically in the nineties, I mean, that was one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, they were known for you, playing tough, having those corn cornbread boys, and and you know, uh, they they had some very good teams over there. Trying to get that back, I think that they can. Now you mentioned Colorado. Got some things to say. Travis Hunter's going. He finally made that decision, which to me, if you were going to do that, just do that. Yeah. I didn't understand his back and forth. As the media, as a marketing. Well, thing. but not only that, I get the feeling because he won't confirm nor deny that he talked to some other colleges. I get the feeling that he made some phone calls. He did. That you call, but but nobody will confirm that. But there's a sense that he called Florida State back. There's a sense where, in my mind, you call Georgia. Because, I mean, you're looking at a possible national champion, back-to-back national champ in Georgia. How he did this was, I think I already told you about this, the YouTube thing. Yes. Uh, If he had got to 100,000 followers, and I I think it shot up in, like, less than two days. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would go... uh, Post a video, upload a video about teammate pick. So he did that, but in the video he did mention uh, the names of the teams because I watched it. The na- he mentioned the names of the teams that you know had contacted him that he had talked to, and uh, it wasn't as many 
as far as what he named off that you know you would think. I, no, but Florida State one, was one of them. Nobody knows how good he is anymore because yeah. he he's, he stuck himself in the HBCU. Yeah. So nobody knows is he as good as we thought he was going to be, and we've already lost a year's worth out. Of, you know what? What do you do? So that was the question, and it, it proved that hey. He so, looked around. His options weren't what he thought they might be. I'm going to go to Colorado. Now, he does go. Dion gets him. But now Dion's having to backtrack. Because he told the whole team get in the transfer portal. Because I'm bringing my luggage and it's Louie. Everybody saw it. They've seen subsequent videos where, I mean, he's saying things that are outlandish. And now... This past week, there's a video that surfaces of him going, uh, maybe y'all don't want to jump in the transfer portal. Yeah. And he, he makes it out like he's trying to help the kids, but there's, there's a point in the video where if you watch him, you realize that he's trying to say, I was wrong without having to say he was wrong. Because not everybody just hopped on the bandwagon all of a sudden. Yeah. He he it's, didn't have a great day in the early signing period. It, it no. wasn't, he didn't blow away it, it, Alabama... Walked away champ so, for that deal. what it looks like is that he has, from Jackson State, he's taken the top, like I said, right? Yeah. He's taken the, the top recruits. He's taken the running back, uh-huh. uh, a handful of linebackers. I mean, goodness, a handful of linebackers and a couple uh, a couple of offensive linemen. Yeah. And he's, he's... And his son is the quarterback. Yeah, and his son's the quarterback. Which he says isn't nepotism, but everybody knows that. Yeah, no, his son's going to be a quarterback. He, it's not a competition. Yeah. You didn't bring him from Jackson State to Jackson, go sit the bench uh, in Colorado. Yeah, no. Unless you want him to get some, have some competition. Like, you know, but even at that, that you don't look to the starting quarterback and say, I'm bringing my son. Like, you just don't do what he's yeah. done. But he's done that, and the thing is, with all these guys that he's taken, it seems to be that... They're they're headed there now. I don't know if all of them have cleared yet, but they're headed to Colorado. I seen it yesterday. But and okay, how everybody you know looks at this and goes, "Well, they brought Dion in for recruiting. He's not he never, recruiting. He, recruit, he just brought guys from the other team. He brought That's guys not that recruiting. But he brought guys that he rec- he recruited for Jackson State to Colorado." That nobody else wanted. The other Division One schools yeah. did not want them. Well, no, that's not true. They did. Those guys decommitted and went to Jackson State. But they weren't after at, Travis Hunter. But I'm did. talking about the big time programs. We're not after no. a bunch of them. No, I mean, it depends on what you like the Alabamas and. But no, there were there were big time. Uh, I'm talking about Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Oh well, you're talking about the SEC. Okay, yeah. but no, there were big schools. Guys that were worthy of going to those schools. They turned them down and went. I, I'm to talking, Jackson. When I say big schools, I talk. You talk about like the SEC. SEC. Okay, uh, that's the only but, conference that matters. <laughs> but no, they were they was those guys. But there was those 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 were there was those guys. Don't get my words twisted. Up. There were those guys. Um, a lot of T's and the the's in that sentence. Yeah, but they were there, and so that's what he did. He took those guys and he's bringing them. To uh, Colorado. Now, as far as the Colorado players that are that are already there, they looked at it, and it looks like he's going to keep most of his offensive line. Uh, his defense is the question right now, 
is because he and I think the only thing that's in question or pretty much in question is the running back position. Uh, the quarterback position most likely is already going to his son. So the only thing on offense is is that is the uh, running back position. But defense is going to be the question. Is how locked in is he going to be on defense? Because he's bringing, like I said, he's bringing uh, some corners and a Travis Hunter and another guy and a handful of linebackers there. Mm-hmm. And so that's the question: is how is this defense going to shape out? But I do look to Colorado to be in the next two or three years to be relatively a good team. But not based off of what he's going to have this coming season. Based off of what he could get in the seasons to follow. And that is, uh, but that is going to be based off how he does this season. I, I, I just don't see it long term. And here's why. Everybody's looking at Colorado right now today. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, it's prime. It's, yeah. it, it's given by theme music. It, it's the show. It's the pomp. But it's I the told, circumstance. Yeah, but, I, but, 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 okay, here's my point. Here's where I'm headed with it. How is that going to hold up when he actually has a losing season? When he's blown out. He's going to get blown out at home in Colorado. Somebody's going to come in there and raid it. USC's going to come in there and beat it. You know, UCLA. Or you have to play really good football. This isn't the HBCU where they really don't care as much about this, that, and other. They're looking at the pomp and the circumstance. Now, this is the big boys, Dion. This is what you claim you wanted. So, how does the shine stay on there when he can't play his theme music because he's not winning ball games? How does the shine stay on when he gets told, sit down, shut up, coach football? What happens the first time that he goes to take a jog around somebody else's stadium and they don't let him? What happens the first time that him and the president of the university get into it because he wants to run his mouth, but he can't win football games to back it up? I mean, I, I, that's that's where I thought that Colorado messed up. If you were going to bring in Deion Sanders, you needed to be a team that could win so that the shine doesn't wear off. Because the minute the shine wears off with Deion and he gets exposed, you're in trouble. Because now you're having to, to, to commit to Dion the football coach, not Dion the primetime show. I told you this. And, and I don't think this, that it's And this is what I told you from the beginning. Even when he got, even when Jackson State hired him, they knew what they were hiring in Dion Sanders. He but did it on that. There's a sense with Colorado that they don't know. That like, they don't know. They're oblivious. And they, I, I think they are because you watch the president. Of that university, introduce him, and the way he reacts to Dion when Dion walks in the room, it's like, well, how, what? How can you be? You're in the freaking what? Pack Big Ten? No, you're in the Pack Twelve. How do you not know? You've seen this guy on national TV when he was covering the NFL games. You've seen him um, in in high school f- before think, that. You've seen him in, in pro football. But, but I think that there was. You know what you're getting when you get the But, but I think Sanders. there was a misconception with Nebraska. I think that I – mean, not Nebraska, Colorado. I think that they thought if we give him a job, he'll act like an adult. Man, listen, and that, that goes back. It's the philosophy of it. You can't change a man. Just right, because you put him – But the reaction he's getting from some of the higher-ups in, uh, in Colorado mm-hmm. – I don't know why I keep wanting to send him to Nebraska <laughs> – but but the reaction he's getting from some of the higher ups gives me the sense that he thinks, or that they thought, 
we can make him something he's not. That if we give him a big boy job, he'll act he'll, like he'll a big put on boy. his big boy pants. And he didn't. Yeah, and he hadn't. It's, and he's not going. Man, to. they knew it's prime I, time. They're gonna have to buy him out. They're I'm gonna. Gonna, have I'm, to. I'm gonna call it right now. <laughs> he will not go the length of the contract. He he will get it, fired. It's he will prime get time, baby. Out, and he will have to go crawling back to the HBCU and beg them for a job. It's prime time, baby. I'm telling you. I said this. I've been saying it since the beginning, since he took a coaching job in the college world. It's Deion Sanders. He's he's a big time. He's big time, big shine, big mouth, likes to talk and likes to rev it up. That's Deion Sanders. It's always been Deion Sanders. Now, and I will say, he has toned it down just a just a tad bit. But it's Deion Sanders, man. You buckle up. Yeah. Get your popcorn ready. Like T.O. said. Get your popcorn ready. That's all Colorado's going to do. I, now, I if they thought, see it being if, a long term. Yeah, if they thought they can change this guy, this full-grown man with full-grown kids. <laughs> it was a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake on their part. I don't blame Dion. I blame them if that's the case. But to put a bow on this conversation, because he's the guy that made this famous, NIL. Name, image, likeness is out of control in college football. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But it is. It, but now, you in the past two weeks, it has really shown. All these guys entering the portal for more money. You've got guys. At some point, players are going to have to sign contracts. Yes. And so, I was talking to uh, Dad the other day about this. He believes that if in order for that to be able to be right in the right sense, players will have to start getting drafted. If you want to talk about contracts then. You have to have some that, kind of draft. Okay, I, but what does that do to the NFL? Like, at what point are we phasing out the NFL? But that, and that's the whole point about this conversation about the NIL deals. Because it's going to get to a point where, well, now, these players are only getting paid for their likeness, yes. name, likeness, uh, image, and likeness, right? Yes. And the NFL is different. Because now you're, 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 they're paying you, but you got to work to keep this job. you got to work. Or is you going to get traded? Or you going to get cut? But now you've got schools offering money. Which is not what the NIL was supposed to be. It was supposed to be that they could make money off of Their a name. brand or whatever the case may be. And so that's what that's what uh, Travis Hunter is doing. That's what, because like I say, he has his own hoodie. He's uh, a drink. I think he sponsors a drink or the, they sponsor him. So that's how he makes his money. But the other guys, no, they've been offered money just to come to school. Yeah, and, you come and here, that, we're gonna pay. Yeah, you they have. They don't have a brand to their name other than their name and other other than the school that they go to. And they they're saying we're gonna pay you to come to school. That's where you mess up because if these guys aren't going out and get getting deals with Nike or Under Armour or even Adidas, any kind of brand, and they're not and they're getting paid for it, then. That's where the issue comes because when you get to the NFL, you're gonna go to you're gonna get drafted and you're gonna you're gonna sign your rookie contract. If you don't hold up to that rookie contract, or matter of fact, even if you don't even get a rookie contract, even if you make the practice squad, you still get paid a good chunk of money. You could get cut at any time, and so it's almost like what the NIL is doing is spoiling spoiling these players. Before they even get to the point where they have to work for their money. 
Now they don't have to work for it. I, I just think somebody's going to have to come in here and scale this thing back. The NCAA is going to have to do it. They started it, and they're going to have to be the they're, ones they're gonna to, to fix it. Yeah, so that's the state of college football as it stands today, heading into the playoff weekend, uh, and then all those other meaningless yeah. bowl games. Here's another team you haven't I, and I thought about this before you brought up Colorado. Penn State, you haven't heard anything about them in a minute. Because they were in the conversation, they were out, they were back in a little bit this year, and it seems like James Franklin just doesn't know how to take a team from being a good team to a great team. You get the sense with him because, you know, he, he was looking at some other jobs last year. He didn't get them. Yeah. So then he decides to to leverage, you know, a contract out of Penn State. Doesn't seem to be the guy that can take a program to the next level. Hmm. You know, and I, I think that that's why it's so quiet over there because where are they going? What are they doing? You know, what, like, what, what's the path to a playoff spot? Uh, even with 12 teams. Yeah. That's crazy, man. But I just thought about them uh, when you uh, before you brought up Colorado and we were talking about Nebraska and all these teams on the, and the teams that were on the East Coast. Um, but yeah, that's like you said, that's college football. State of it. State, yeah, it ain't as stressful as it, as it was uh, last month when we were trying to figure uh, out who figure gonna, out who's in, who's yeah, in. and uh, that's good though. Now we know and we know who's where and what they're going to be doing and playing. Uh, so now we just wait for this weekend. <laughs> now we wait, see who passes the eye test, and yeah. and then we, who's gonna go to the natty. Then talking about the NFL, Miami. They're not as fraudulent. I say this: it's not as fraudulent as the Minnesota Vikings. But they're still frauds. They're not who we thought they were. I, okay. And I'm gonna say two this: is, two is too inconsistent. Like, two has got the natural ability to be a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he he lacks some of the decision-making skills to do it. I say this. You make a good point, but I'm going to also say this. Is... You almost <laughs> you, go, you go get a receiver like Tyree Kill, who's obviously the fastest player in the NFL right now, uh, has been for the last couple of few years, when you go get a player like him that can stretch the field, you know, you, you expect to make big plays. He threw how many interceptions trying to go down the field to uh, Tyree Hilton yesterday? Was it three? I think it was three. So, this is my thing. Same thing with the Chiefs. And who stopped them in the Super Bowl? Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Because but all it wasn't Tom Brady. Okay, I, okay. But I just used them as, you know, Tom, you know. Well, okay. Um, but <laughs> but the all it takes is an adjustment to your defense to lock him down. That's yeah, all he it threw takes. Three interceptions. Yeah, and so it's all it takes is a is a an, an adjustment to your defense to stop all that. You know, and that's what the Bucks did in the Super Bowl. They shut it down. And I think the days, I won't say for sure, I'm not saying uh, saying it officially, but I'm saying it unofficially, the days of Tyreek Hill being able to just run down the field and you just throw it up to him and he catch it, it's it, they're, it, they're numbered. You know, it won't be happening for too much long. You're going to have to start how, they, how he started out. Throwing to him across the middle, 
and get let him get you get you, get some extra yards down the field. That's what gets me with Miami, and I think Mike McDaniel's is a good offensive coach, offensive football coach. But I don't understand how you found all the success down the middle of the field, kind of short to intermediate routes, and now all of a sudden you've got this idea that now we have to air it out. Why you were winning games before? Because what, you have what ty- is the I'm and, telling and, you. But I'm saying even this season with Tyreek Hill, you, you didn't have to stretch the field. No, you play, don't. But now it seems as the year has gone on, as the season has progressed, they've gotten in their minds that we have to stretch the field. No. Uh, uh, you don't have a great running game. No. But you had a, uh, a good to borderline great intermediate passing game that, that allowed you to still control the clock. You can still throw the football, but control the clock while doing it. Now all of a sudden you're trying to take all these shots that Tua's got the arm to do it. Yeah. But but you're doing it into double coverage. You're doing it into you know one on ones that Tyreek's not just able to go up and get the football anymore. Not yeah. You you're putting yourself behind in situations that aren't necessary. You're down twenty six twenty and you can't just drive down the field and go win a ball game. I the mean, thing just, is, and, and this is what's so shocking and surprising is. Or shocking, rather, with with Miami is you have two great route runners in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, why aren't you doing that? Instead of trying to just throw it, you're, you're doing it with Jalen Waddle. Why not do it with Tyreek? Tyreek can run routes. He's a great route runner, and he's fast. Put two and two together, man. You got you a bad duo. Do that with Tyreek and let him get you some extra yards down the field. He's fast enough to break one down the field anyway, to where you don't have to just. Throw it 50, 60 yards where he's down there by by himself in the double team trying to jump up and catch it. Hit him across the middle and let that man run. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's your bread and butter is you do that. You figure out the, the years of just throwing it down there. If it ain't a big, if it's not a big man receiver like um, Juju Smith-Schuster, mm-hmm. uh, T. Higgins, uh... Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup type. If it's not receivers like that, man, stick to, especially little speed receivers, stick to your inside routes. Yeah. Stick to your, stick to your inside routes. So we'll see. I mean, they're still in the conversation. Keep it simple, stupid. But now, now you've put yourself in a position where you may lose your way out. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia, the Cowboys beat them. Christmas Eve. Big win for Dallas' psyche. Yeah. May not win the division because Philadelphia would have to lose out. Cowboys would have, have to, to win out. out. Yeah. But as far as can we beat them? Now, here's the question that Philadelphia is going to have to answer. What are you going to do if Jalen Hurts is out the rest of the season? Offensively. Yeah. So, okay. So, he he sprained uh, a part of his shoulder. Now, I don't know if it's a the AC The AC joint, yeah. So it's that throw. Okay, that's what happened with Dak, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So that's yeah. That is weeks. He may be back for the first round of the playoffs. There's talk. Yeah. They said that he will push. Uh, the the latest report out is that there is a push by him uh, to go ahead and play. Uh, in his press conference today, Nick Sirianni had no update on his condition. Still a chance. Uh, he can play Sunday. He doesn't heal like you or I. Said the same last week. Hurts never practiced. So, okay. If he hasn't practiced, how bad is the injury? How bad is the sprain? 
Well, the AC joint, so here's the problem. The AC joint uh, happens to pitchers in baseball occasionally. Yeah. Once it gets sprained, it you, you're you pushing your limits because all of your, in a throwing motion, all of your force is coming down on it. Right. So that's where you run into these issues where can he throw the football, and if he can throw the football, to what extent can he throw the football? Right. You know, do you want to risk running him and him getting hit again? Because if he gets hit again, you're, you you may be looking at more than just a sprained AC joint. Maybe next time it's a broken collarbone, which they speculate could have been the possibility this this time. So I, I think that there's a lot of variables. If you look at the offense uh, yesterday, that's obviously a scaled-down offense. That's not, you know, you had very few to little, you know, design quarterback runs. Um you you were scaled down in the passing game. Can you win that way? Maybe. Like you look at that football team, they're really not built for that. But but maybe you know you win a playoff game. Do I think that they win the the whole kit and caboodle that way? No, I don't. Did that look like a Super Bowl winning caliber football team? No. No. Do I think Garner Minshew? I, I likened him earlier today when we were talking about this. I likened him to a watered down version of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a game manager. I mean, you watched him play yesterday. You got the sense that Sirianni called the game in a way where he just Minshew wouldn't lose it. Right. You know, what about let let Garner go out there and win a ball game? It's let's try and manage the ball game. It didn't work out. Dallas executed when Dallas needed to execute, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. But you. You get the sense that it's Jalen or bust. Like if Hurts doesn't play, they're they drop from arguably the second best team in the conference to the third. Because then you know, then you look at the NFC and you go, okay, uh, that division, you know, that conference. You you look at San uh, Fran. Fran at one, and then you would put the Cowboys in there at two without Jalen Hurts, yeah, right? <laughs> I just say, well, for the Eagles is that it's it's evident because Michael Parsons brought this up in in a podcast that he was on a show. Is that is it Jalen Hurts or the team? You know, do they do the Philadelphia Eagles heavily rely on Jalen Hurts? Yes, absolutely. That that question yeah. got answered yesterday and and what well, Saturday. Saturday, and so and it was a big it was an outlash sort of a, like a little outlash. Uh, Back forward or backlash for you know because you're like why would he you know but it's like you said if you want if you want to talk football I talk football it's like we're to the point where we can't talk football you know and we, what are we doing basically but it showed Saturday is they ha- now even though Gardner, Gardner Minshew played a good you know really good game he managed it as well as he could that team without Jalen Hurts is slightly crippled. You know, you still have AJ. Now AJ, AJ Brown didn't do as much as he's been doing. He's still a key factor in that offense. But you had Devin Smith that were making most of the plays, and and Minshew's just that he he was that type of player that uh, they didn't get. A, he never got sacked. Dallas never got to him. And then in the even in the ending of the game, they got to him, but he threw he threw the ball away. Yeah, he makes he made plays happen. You know, and so he is that type of player that can make things happen. But you just got to not be, to the extent of Jalen. No, and that's the point. That's the thing. He, how long can that last? Jalen hurts 
for that offense. He's the key for that offense. But but if I'm Philadelphia, and let's say he's out, and you don't you know make a deep run in the playoffs, and even if you do, if he comes back and you do make uh, a run in the playoffs, I'm still going and picking up other pieces because now it, it, it's well, what if he gets hurt? Like, do we really want to risk that being our season? Uh, and and so I think that that the game yesterday exposed some things about Philadelphia not only for this year but how they need to look at their roster construction going into next season. Uh, you know, do I think that Garner Minshew is a starting quarterback in the NFL? No, I don't. Do I think he's a decent little backup? Yeah, but I I think that that got exposed. And again, I think it was a good win as far as the Cowboys' psyche of we can still beat Philadelphia. Like yeah. it's not going to be. Okay, win a playoff game, then go get beat by Philadelphia. No, we ha- we have the team to the, to, to possibly uh, beat them. Now, if you're a Cowboys fan, the offensive coordinator frustrations continue. I, I don't know. Like it, it's almost like take all the weapons away because he can't he can't use them. Uh, Kellen Moore is not. He does not need to be ringing off. I, I'm just going out there and say it. He does not need to be calling the plays. Not in tight moments. In tight moments, I would be... If he can't call in tight moments, then don't let him call the game. Yeah. Like, if you're Mike McCarthy, your job's... Because there's some heat picking up that if they get bounced in the first round again, he's gone. Yeah. Sean Payton's coming to town. Sean Payton's already made a phone call to Vic Pangio, who was the head coach of the Broncos for the last couple of years. He said, hey, listen, I'm going to get a job, and when I do... I want you to be my D.C., which is interesting to me because if Sean Payton thinks he's going to Dallas, that tells me that everybody knows that Dan Quinn's going somewhere else. I hate that. I hate... But not, you get the sense that... I hate... I, and not the, the because of my... I hate the thought of Dan Quinn leaving Dallas just because how much he's worked on and built that defense. I... For that sake, I hope it doesn't happen. For that sake... But but it may be that Dan Quinn's gone. D- Dan Quinn may have indicated to everybody that this year I'm gonna I am gonna go back out there. I'm gonna put myself out there for a head coaching job, and there's not gonna be a phone call from Jerry that's gonna bring me back. You get that sense with, with, with get, all of this swirling around. You get the sense that there's more to that situation. No, I don't think so regarding him. I think so. It's more regarding Mike McCarthy than it is him. And Sean Payton, what he, Sean Payton. But if there's is, okay, let me. He's the same no, type of coach that Mike McCarthy is. No, he's he's a better football guy. Mm. He he's Mike McCarthy plus some. Mm. I don't think so. All right, they had the same type of team for the same amount of time they've been. And no, yes. Sean, Sean Payton. Mike McCarthy coaching the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers had just the same amount, just as good as a team as uh, Sean coaching the Saints. But there's a there's a different feel with Sean Payton because it it still you still get the feeling that Mike McCarthy is in over his head in Dallas. Okay, he doesn't know what to do in that market. Sean Payton knows what to do. He's been there. And what, um, as far as what market is you, are you talking Dallas. about? Dallas. 
Sean Payton's been in Dallas. Sean Payton was the offensive coordinator in Dallas. Sean Payton learned from one of the best in Bill Parcells. Okay. He knows how to handle the media. You still get the sense with Mike McCarthy that he's kind of still that deer in the headlights when certain things take place. You don't get that sense with Sean Payton. And I think that that's what Jerry will be looking at if Dallas gets bounced in the first round. Is is Sean Payton the guy who can handle this and get me... And and you also... Here's the other reason that I think Sean Payton's an intriguing fit. Because there's also a sense in the league that Jerry Jones will listen to Sean Payton before he will listen to Mike McCarthy as far as that roster. But you know why? You know why? Jerry Jones, he... For better or for worse... He's a loyal guy. He will listen to someone he's familiar with before he listens to anyone else that he's But, okay, with. if that's the case, then why not trade for him? Now, I understand the Anthony Davis still kind of knocked that out, but... Because, I mean, at that point, you could not justify that trade. Coming into this season, you could have. After I one loss? That, yeah, I thought that if you were going to make the move, he should have just fired Mike McCarthy in the offseason and went and traded yeah, that maybe would have been. But I think I think it's going to happen this year. If 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 Mike McCarthy loses in the first round of the playoffs and gets bounced before Jerry thinks he should, Mike McCarthy's gone. But is it Mike McCarthy's fault? It is in this sense that if he's the head coach, which he is, then man up and tell Kellen Moore I'm going to call the offense. Okay, but back to the way it was when I was okay, in Green but, Bay. I'm going to call the. But shot. Kellen Moore being there is not Mike McCarthy's call. It's Jerry's call. Which goes back to it. You get the no sense one. that Jerry will let Sean run the team, and he's not going to ever let McCarthy. Jerry's the problem. I well, Jerry is part of the problem, but Jerry's, Jerry's not part Jerry. of the problem. Jerry is okay, the problem. But, but who's dispensable? Jerry? Okay, Jerry's not going to Get Jerry out of there. I present it. Yes, you can. Uh, right, man, if I'm no. in the voters league, I tell him, listen, all right, man, Jerry, look, you got money, but I got to, you know, I'm voting against you. But because Jerry, Jerry, Jerry okay, let's be realistic. single-handedly is ruining but, the Cowboys. But let's be realistic. Jerry's not going anywhere. Until so, he's dead. So, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but the okay. thing is, Jerry Jones, like I said, he's single-handedly ruined. They're running the Cowboys, okay, man. Skip Bayless. Um, he is. <laughs> okay, Jerry's not going anywhere. Bottom line, Jerry's going to be the owner of the Cowboys next year. So, who's the one that's going to get moved? Mike McCarthy. They, uh, uh, you uh, get uh, the feeling that if Sean Payton comes to town, Dak's gone. He's going to talk Jerry into re-signing Pollard. He's going to fire Kellen Moore. He's going to call the plays, and now you've got a championship football team. Listen, I'm all for firing Kellen Moore, but keep Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn hasn't done anything wrong. I don't think that it's he wants to fire Dan Quinn. I think that it's that Dan Quinn's putting out there that he's not going to be there. I think Dan Quinn has probably indicated to some insiders, you just get that sense, that there is a possibility that Dan Quinn has indicated to some insiders that he's going to be open to other jobs. But, <laughs> weird moment just happened on the show. But, I just, I don't, I want Dan Quinn to, I, I say this, I, 
I want Dan Quinn to stay. I, I'm not saying that that's these not going Dan to. Dan Quinn, but don't I'm saying, go. I'm saying if there's validity and there seems to be to Sean Payton still being interested in the Cowboys, and he's already called Vic Fangio to say wherever okay. I go, I want you to be my DC. Okay, is is Vic this guy? Is he a? Yeah, he's a he's a defensive genius. He's one of the top defensive minded coaches in the league. Is okay. He was a great head coach. He's a good coordinator. Just like Dan Quinn. Just like Dan, Dan Quinn. Quinn. Stay, man. There's no need for you to leave. You, 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 we'll you see. brought in good pieces. Stay. Now Kellen can go wherever <laughs> he's gonna go. I think Kellen belongs in the college world. I don't know that Kellen belongs anywhere other than his couch, but we'll see. Kellen, he has the mind of a college football coach, not an NFL, but not an SEC. Yeah, no, no, Big maybe it made a, yeah, Big, Big Twelve. 12. <laughs> Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, maybe. Maybe Pac-12. I don't know. I say more Pac-12 than Big 12. He probably goes back to Boise, where he came from. Boise State. Go to SWAC. All you got to do to get one of those jobs is say, I'm more SWAC than anybody else. They will chew Kelly Moore alive at the SWAC. SWAC will give you a job. I'm just tired of Kelly Moore, man. I am too. I'm tired of every week. Talking Run the ball. <laughs> I'm tired of yelling at TV. I'm well, tired of... Well, talking about moving pieces in the co- coaching sphere, there's, again, another big push or thought process out there that Sean McVay is going to walk away. You know, there was talk he was going to go be an analyst after winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Should have done it then. They won yesterday, but that's not a good football team. That's a football <laughs> team that's going to have to hit the reset button. It's a football team that beat... I mean, beat... Beat <laughs> the Broncos. And, and, and while we're on both subjects, Baker Mayfield is going to play his way into a starting job. Not Maybe maybe not in L.A., but somewhere. He's going to be a starting quarterback again in the NFL. Okay, Sean McVay needs to go, and here's why. Not because Sean McVay can't coach, but because that roster needs to just be obliterated. Start from the bottom and build your way up. Sean McVay does not need to subject himself to that. Number three. Russell Wilson needs to go home. He burnt the food, man. He burnt the food. He said, let me cook. He can't cook. They let him cook. I mean, he is worse than... It's like I, 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 I don't know. What did I... Well, I don't know what to, what to even compare him to at this point. Those I told you. I told you. I told you this yesterday. Maybe he, he needs to serve. Hand the ball off. Dink and dunk. Be a waiter. Yeah. Get out, I mean, of, the, get out of the kitchen. Yeah. You're a waiter. You're because a waiter at best. It started the show, and it showed yesterday. His arm isn't what it used to be. He's not as mobile as what he used to be. Uh, his self-awareness, as far as being on the field, is not what he used to be. As a player, he's declined. You know? And it's starting, I mean... Sharply. Precipitously. Yeah. And you want to respect him as a man. No, but as a but, no, you can't. And here's why. Here's why, because he created this situation. He's the one who's been fraudulent his entire career. You got teammates saying, "Listen, he made the call to throw the football in the Super Bowl. That was his decision, not Pete Carroll's." You've got guys saying, "Listen, he was never respected in that locker room. We all knew he was a fraud. 
that he, you know, was putting on a show for the cameras. You're talking about a guy who got his tail handed to him yesterday, got pulled from the football game, and then has the audacity at his uh, post-game press conference to go, Broncos country, let's ride, where, to the funeral home, six foot under, I mean, the cremation, crematorium, you know, what, what are we talking about here? Where are we riding to, Russ? We're not riding to a Super Bowl. I can tell you that much. I, I, I don't it, know, it's man. I say... Like, it's gotten... He has become unwatchable. Like, yeah, it's, it's painful to watch Russ. You watch Russ to see how much worse it can get for him. I, I, and here's the kicker. Because of that extension, the extension doesn't kick in for another year. <laughs> You're stuck with this man. I watched Russ yesterday take a beating. Back to... Just... Okay, first of all, it was the back-to-back sacks, right? Yeah. From the same player. How that, that happened? That was, I don't know. How did the offensive line allow that to happen? I don't know. But you get the sense, <laughs> but, okay, like a play like that. And then those you, you get the sense, though, that the offensive line said, you want to hit him? Yeah. Okay, here. Did you like that? Yeah. You want to do it again? Uh-huh. Okay, here. <laughs> but you get the, the same sense that they don't want to play for You You watch that football team. They're not playing for him. Like, they're not going to play hard. They're not. Broncos are not playing hard football. Not at all. The and, and the offensive Hackett, line is pissed off because Daniel Hackett's in over his head as yeah. head coach. Russell Wilson needs to go. I hate to tell you, Denver, you're not going anywhere anytime soon. Randy Gregory's starting to fight at the end of the, end of the game. <laughs> you just built bad on the team. You built the team bad. I mean, I, I say Dallas, Dallas dodged the bullet with Randy Gregory. Well, if you're a Broncos fan, your best bet is just go watch highlights of Peyton Manning. <laughs> what it used to be. What it used to be. Heck, go watch uh, Brock Osweiler. Go watch Tim Tebow. Uh, you don't want to watch. You don't want to watch. That bring up too many painful memories because you could have had him instead of after but, Peyton. But I'm saying, I you mean, screwed like, that up. <laughs> this is the second time they've done that. <laughs> I, I'm just telling no, you. Third time because they had time. Drew Lock. <laughs> Drew Lock, he's gone. Yep. Yeah. Screwed up three times. <laughs> I, I don't know. You couldn't seal the deal with Aaron Rodgers. So, four times. You know? Hey, Aaron Rodgers may be looking at going, well, I dodged a bullet there, too. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, know. because they probably would have been better with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but, I mean, they won, but he's got to be looking on this still in a good football team. <laughs> you know? Like, I told you, what, what was that? That last, thir- last Thursday's game, right? Yeah. Aaron does not look comfortable on the field with he the Green Bay Packers. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. He's getting bad haircuts. He's, he's popping he Percocets. <laughs> why, why they didn't do anything to him when he upright just okay. admitted that? Because <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, why is to being on drugs? Not drunk. I'm talking drugs. <laughs> what, what franchise is in worse shape? Denver or Green Bay? <laughs> Denver by far. <laughs> because Aaron Rodgers... Denver's still got a really good defense. Like, that's still a great defense. It is. And that's the... Okay, that's the crazy part is their defense are, is in like the top they five. Came, yeah, they came into uh, yesterday's game. They were averaging only giving up 18 points a game. Yeah, and that, but they suck. <laughs> How do you have a defense like that? Because the offense averaged 15 and a half points a game. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the defense, everybody's pissed off right now. Because, like, how are your defense going out there getting so, stopped? So, I mean, okay, but if you think about this. You look at that defense. That's a great defense. Yeah. Get you a running back. 
Get you a, a game-managing quarterback who doesn't have to cook. Get you a, a, a head coach who deserves to be a head coach. Dan Quinn should have gotten that job. Dan Quinn didn't get that job because he looked he backed at, out. Yeah, the last he back, yeah, because he looked at, well, I'm building something here in Dallas. But, but, now, but now that may be off the table. So let's say he goes, I want to know uh, another head coaching job. If I'm Denver, I fire Nathaniel Hackett. The day after the season, I call Dan Quinn. I say, come over here. I'll get you a running back. We'll figure out what to do with Russ. And we will run the football. You ain't got to get real. You can keep Russ. Russ just ain't going to be throwing as much. He gonna and, do what and, he... and Dan may be able to handle Russ because Dan was the D.C. in Seattle back then. Yeah. Maybe he can handle Russ. Yeah. And, and you think about it, when he was in Atlanta the year he took him to the Super Bowl, he wasn't uh, He wasn't just outright throwing the ball, even though he had Julio Jones. And, and he had Matt Ryan, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan. healthy Matt. Yeah, healthy Matt. But he was running with uh, Freeman. Yeah, true. So, I mean. To run heavy attack. Exactly. Like, I'm just saying, up. if I'm Denver, I kick the tires on that again. Listen, they could run it. Look, if this happens, I'm calling it. They go get uh, out of Texas, uh, Bijan Robinson. You've got the second pick in the draft. Yeah. You go get him. He's there. That's your running back. I hate to. I don't want to see Dan Quinn go, but if, I'm just saying, if that happens. Talking about draft position, another team that's in a better position than anybody thought is Houston. They're that's, better than the Broncos. That, they really are. That's a <laughs> Like, that's a secretly good football team. And I think that's only because of the mess. Like we said this last the, last week, it's only because of the mess with Deshaun Watson. Is that Houston is covered unraveled. up. Yeah. Like they completely unraveled. Yeah. But that's a sneaky good team, man. And that was actually secretly a good move to get rid of him because he's still not looking hot. I understand that's a bad team in Cleveland. To not look hot in the cold place like Cleveland is bad because... If you can't do nothing in Cleveland, you can't do nothing. I don't. I, I just think it comes down to what I said: is can he still play football? Like at a high level, I don't know. Maybe maybe you give him a full off season of working I, out. I all think that. the man's but mental state isn't there, man. Exactly, and you can't tell me he's been working out. Yeah, it's, so it's not. It's not a matter of shape. Per se, I mean, yeah, it's not game shape, but yeah. still, he should be in some sort of shape. He doesn't look comfortable. I think his mental his mental state took a beating, yeah. And football just isn't his main focus. Still not because you still every night that he goes to bed, he goes to bed thinking the other shoe could always drop. Yeah, because even you know even when uh, a few weeks ago when they played the the Texans, and they were saying that the ten women that were uh-huh. paid off said they were going to be at the game. Yeah, you know he he was like okay, you know, so what basically? But but you watched him play. I mean, yeah, they won that ball game, but barely. Yeah, but at the same time, I think his mental state just isn't all football, right? I mean, I don't think it's a football. But, that, but if you're men- Cleveland, that was uh, a terrible state. trade. If if you're Houston, that gave you some draft capital back. Now you've got the number, you're gonna you're setting yourself up. You're gonna have another number one pick this year. Lovey Smith may have won his way into that job more permanently than just this season because, you know, coming into the year, I said, well, he's just a placeholder. But then the question becomes, do you draft a quarterback with a defensive-minded head football coach? Does Bryce Young go to Houston, or does Houston go, okay, Lovey, Frank Reich's out there. We're going to bring him in. 
He's going to be the head coach. You go back to being the associate head coach and defensive coordinator. Because mm. you got the sense that that was a placeholding job, but now all of a sudden Lovey's got him playing pretty hard. I don't yeah. know. I mean, you, you're kind of in that in-between stage as far as what are you going to do at head football coach. And I think it all comes down to, okay, if, if Bryce Young's sitting at one, you've got the number one pick in the draft. Is Levy willing to get away from this two-quarterback system, which I told you the old saying is you got two quarterbacks means you don't have one. But whatever. you know, Is he willing to, to go to a more conventional-style offense? This is what we're going to do. Let's open up the playbook. We're going to play hard, and we're going to put up points while we're doing it. And if you're Bryce Young, you know, you've got people telling him, don't go to Houston. Do you pull it? Do you pull an Eli Manning? You say, you know what? You draft me. I'm not coming. It's, it's like I, I don't want to be there. It's like what I told you earlier about when we talked uh, discussed this. Is I believe that he does want a one quarterback. You know, a quarterback position that's going to be solid. You don't have to worry about it. I believe he does because you have too many weapons on your offense to not have one. You know, correct. Your offensive line isn't bad. Um, you have a good run game, and you have some good receivers. This may be one of the better first round or, or number one pick in the draft teams in recent memory. Because you know Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's bad. Yeah, they've got the number one pick for a reason. Uh, at this Joe point, Burrow went to Cincinnati, and got hurt because that was bad. Yeah. But you look at Houston and you go, they may have the number one pick of the draft. But and they, they, got, could, they have serious potential. Exactly. They could actually win next season. Yeah. Like, like, you don't put Bryce Young in there and go, well, he might get hurt. No. Like, you, you don't look, you know, because that, see, that's typically that's what we why, do with these young yeah. quarterbacks. You don't look at them and go, that's going to hurt his development outside of what's the philosophy going to be. Yeah. And I think that's the question that Houston's going to have to answer for Bryce Young and his representation. Well, and, and I think what it is, is you're looking at Bryce Young, he's coming from a college like Alabama, playing at a high level year in and year out since he's been there. Uh, under Nick Saban, one, uh, the, one of, arguably one of the greatest coaches in football history. Definitely you, the greatest in college football. Yeah, in college football. And so... You look at that, and then you go and look at a team like Texas. We joked about it a couple of days ago. But to be honest, to be truthful, if Houston was to get Bryce Young, I see Houston being a top contender in the AFC. And here's why. They're not bad. They have the weapons. They have a good defense. They have a a good um, offensive line. You put Bryce Young in in there, Bryce Young, as we all know, can make things happen. Mm-hmm. True. Why not? That's a great potential. But the, the the other side of it is, is we we talked about this also earlier this week. Is do you want Lovey Smith as a head coach? I don't see a problem with Lovey Smith being the, the head coach still. Now, if you want to move him, bump him back down to defensive coordinator. That's still fine too because he got that defense playing very good right now. Um. But if you want to bring someone else as a head coach, you can do that too. Because I look at it, it's a win-win situation with the Houston, with, with the Texans right now. And I've never said this about the Texans. But it's a win-win situation. I think if the front office uh, play their cards the right mm-hmm. way, they, they're looking at potential, potentially uh, being a, a top team. I'm talking about over Kansas, maybe Kansas City and the, up there with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh the 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 Bagels, Cincinnati, and all those, 
you're looking at this. Now, this is Houston, Texas, because Houston has never really just had a bad team. They, it's been times where they were, you know, in the playoff runs. Yeah, I mean, you know, just a few years ago, they're they're potentially being Kansas City. Exactly. You know, they're up on Kansas City. That you know, it's just they got put in such a bad situation with the way that Bill O'Brien chose to trade pieces away, trade away draft capital, all of that. Yeah. But I, I think that you're potentially looking at one of the better number one pick in the draft teams that we've had in yeah. in recent memory. But you know, that's. I guess I could say I'm pushing for them. I would like to see Bryce Young in Houston. I would like to see him in Houston. Now, if, if you I, I think at, it comes down to what I, you know, what we've been talking about—just philosophy. Yeah. What's the philosophy going to be? All right. Is the NFC any good? The NFC East. Well, no. Is the NFC in general in ge- really no. any good? It's horrible. We thought the AFC was bad, but the NFC's bad. Because you got to... Okay, is, let's back this up then. Is the NFL in general any good? Okay, well now you're taking a different view. Now you're taking it all over. Okay. Uh, because the AFC is basically two teams. And the NFC the NFC is basically two teams. Maybe three. Well, AFC is three teams. So three and three. Because in the AFC, you've got Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. In the AFC, you've got San Francisco, the Cowboys, and Philadelphia. Interchangeable. What order? Really, arguably, I think you've got Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. Because Buffalo has quickly cooled off from their very hot start. Okay. And Cincinnati showing that last year was not a fluke. Other than the Rams, yep. Okay, but as far okay, as them. yeah. Okay, well, I, I'll say this, and I'll, I'll, I will give you that much. Yeah, three, three, Dan. That's I, not good football. It's not. I, listen, you should and, have. But the problem, you at, should have four to five teams every year in both yeah, divisions that, that evens are it out, contenders. Yeah, and even really, honestly, just going off the eye test, because I know what you're about to say, but going off the eye test right now, the NFC is San Francisco. A lot of space, and then the other two teams. Just the eye test, because we hadn't seen either team play them. Yeah. But just the eye test. That's what it appears to be. Yeah. At least in the AFC, any of those three teams could beat each other on any given weekend. Yeah. Like that you know, they Joe Burrow yeah. continues to beat Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he kind of owns him at this point. So I mean, you 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 any of those three teams could represent the AFC in the in the Super Bowl. Right now, just off the eye test. San Francisco's the Super Bowl representative for the NFC. Outside of playing the Cowboys, the Cowboys get on a roll, they actually run the football, control the clock, play good defense, and then maybe they can eke one out there. And and Philadelphia without Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I I I don't know. I I don't believe I don't because like I said uh, earlier is that neither one of those teams have played each other. And that's the bad part because usually we get a sneak peek. Yeah, because Dallas would game. have yeah. Dallas would have been you know played San Francisco earlier in the season. You uh-huh. would you better get a peek, like you said a peek of okay maybe this is what it's going to be like yeah. if they were meet up again, but we don't see that. And so the problem is is that we're looking at a very good San Francisco team, a very good Eagles team, and a very good Cowboys team. But you're 
But we don't know how they, other than the Cowboys and the Eagles, we don't know how they play against each other. But I, I the the NFC, and I said this. Uh, Tampa Bay's one last night, but Tampa Bay is still terrible. Yeah, there should not be teams who are something in eight who have eight losses in a. They're seven run. and eight now. They should not be in the playoff run. That's bad. Well, even if they're in the playoffs, I still have a problem with them hosting a playoff game. Yeah, now you've got. Dallas, as it stands right now, Dallas, with their winning record, would have to go on the road for the first round of the playoffs. That's ridiculous to me. You want them in the playoffs, fine, because they they can't help that the rest of the division's that bad. Right. Okay, they win their division, they should be in the playoffs. But they should still have to travel. It shouldn't be automatically, you're on the road because they won their division. Why? Yeah, and they, they, they have Yeah, they have to work. The, like, we can't help that our division's better than theirs. Right. You know. I don't, I don't agree with that, but... The NFC is bad. The AFC, they have three, but you can still say they have uh, a few more uh, probably worth talking about. Uh, I, I'd still even give the the Miami Dolphins a slight chance to to, mm. to sneak back. They, they would have to play a lot better than they did yesterday. Yeah, they, uh, well, you're right there, but I still say they could sneak back in the top. Uh, in the AFC, I mean the NFC, you you still have. I'll throw them in there because you know, even though I, you know, even though they're fraudulent to me, the Vikings. I'll throw the Vikings in there. You never know. They they, I they, think yeah, they're old news. Yeah, they, they I, lost it. The, you know, they they lost the team that was supposed to be the test. They didn't pass. Not only did they not pass, they failed. Who was supposed to be the test? The Cowboys. Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh yeah, they failed miserably. So. I think that's what exposed them. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, but they it, played a real football so team. Did it, okay, so did it expose them or did it show how good the Cowboys It exposed were? the Vikings. Okay. Um, well, I just, say that it, because when the Cowboys play other good football teams, it's close games. So it exposed, yeah. It just exposed the Vikings. It just showed how much now, better they now are the than Cowboys the Cowboys. the Cowboys had blown out the Vikings and then turned around, blown out Philadelphia and turned around, blown out. Whoever, then we're talking about how great the Cowboys are. Cowboys could have blown out Philadelphia the other day if Kellen Moore had ran the ball okay, on the four yard line. That's beside the point. I'm just saying. You asked. Let's not regret. This is why there's OC trouble. And but, but we can't regress. No, because that's stupid. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. The Vikings, I throw them in there just for kicks and giggles. Uh. You know, I, I'm not too sold on Kirk Cousins. I think he's just as fraudulent as the team. I uh, think Kirk <laughs> Cousins is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He has good receivers. He's a good quarterback. He has good receivers. Okay. That's all it is. Without Justin Jefferson. I'm going to take him over Dak Prescott. Dak has beat him even with. Dak is like, I don't know what, an O against him. Okay. He's better. No, Dak should go shake hands with his defense and think of them. Dak is the be- that is better than Kirk Cousins. Mm. Kirk's got a more accurate arm. Tell you. Kirk but he's, he's not that good. What's the point of having an accurate arm and you're not that good? It was the same thing. That's all we need in Dallas. We just need somebody who will get the ball. He, it, it was the same thing in Washington with Kirk Cousins. He had a good arm. off in Washington. Huh? He got ripped off in Washington. They wasted the best years of his career. I don't know. <laughs> Who'd they have? 
Nobody. That's the point. <clears throat> like, he was actually playing pretty decent, and they kept franchise tagging him and didn't want to spend money. He's still not that good. I'm not saying he's great. He's a game manager. That's all we need in Dallas. He didn't manage that game. <laughs> One game. Okay, what did he do? That was supposed to be the test. He <laughs> made an F minus minus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> F minus. Yeah. It was inexplicable. I mean, it was just bad. You, him all the way, you just sent him all the way back to elementary school. But Okay. All right, moving on to the Major League stop. Baseball. Keep your shirt on and stop partying on the plane then. <laughs> moving on to Major League Baseball. Carlos Correa, so he signs a 13-year, $315 million deal with San Francisco. Then San Francisco does their physical. They say we're hesitant to do this, so the Mets swoop in and they sign him to a, like a 12-year deal, $312 million. Now the Mets have questions about his physical. By all accounts, last report today was that they're still going to work out a deal. This has to do with a leg injury that Correa sustained back in 2018 while with the Astros. You knew this. If you're Steve Cohen in the Mets, what are we talking about? You saw where, like everybody else in the world, that San Francisco said there's something wrong with this man's leg. And you thought, oh, no, there's not. We're going to go in and pay him $312 million. But, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, there is something wrong. What did you think? That San Francisco was just making this up? That they just said, oh, we didn't mean that $350 million. No. There was clearly something there. Do I think that it's something that should cause him not to get the contract? No, I don't. Do I like Scott Boris' his agent? Absolutely not. But do I think Scott Boris is right in saying, what are we even talking about? This is the 2018 season. We're in 2022. It hadn't caused him any trouble since, so why is there an issue? Yeah, I, I, I side with him. If you don't like it, don't give these players 10-year deals. <laughs> Back it up. Back it up to an 8-year deal. Pay, you know, you're going to have to pony up the dough to make up the AVG. But... You can do it. You're the Mets. Got all this money. All of a sudden, you want to go all in. Go ahead, go all in. But I I, I, I just don't understand where we're in, we're out, we're in, we're out, we're in, we're out. Oh, wait, what? No, you knew. I I think it was one of those situations that they thought they could quietly slip by with. And, you know, it backfired on them. But I, I say it's just like any other... You're trying to play keep up with everybody else and who who they sign, and I think that's the big part of it. Rather than well, Cohen's all in on this. You know, he went and he gave uh, Justin Verlander that big contract. You've got Max Scherzer on his big contract. You've got uh, Lindor still there. You you you've got players. You're yeah. talking about a team that won 101 games this past year. You've got a Hall of Fame caliber manager in Buck Walter. You've got all the pieces in place to go after the World Series. By all means, do it. You talked to Correa before he ever went to San Francisco. So you're telling me that in all these talks, the team doctors didn't look at each other and go, and we hadn't done a physical, but looking at his previous history, we think there might... I, I, I just... We've reached a place in professional sports where there's so much money that's been thrown around that now the yards are going, wait, is this too much money? Well, now... It's <laughs> like, too late now. Like, I mean, too late. I mean, just... I, I don't know, but we'll have to watch that. Yeah. And then Chris Sale, big left-hander, who at one point was a 
perennial Cy Young Award contender for the White Sox. Got traded to Boston a few seasons ago. Has had injuries uh, consistently ever since. Boston doesn't know where they're headed. You you look at that division, the AL East. It doesn't look like they're going to overtake the Yankees. Probably not going to overtake Toronto. Uh, Baltimore's up and coming with that young roster. So Boston's kind of just stuck. Reportedly, they are fielding phone calls for Chris Sale. If you're a team, maybe, you know, Texas, uh, you know, if if you're the Rangers, maybe you call because you do have Jacob DeGrom, you've got Andrew Heaney, you've got John Gray, you've got Martin Perez. You're looking at, you know, what I would would, would most Rangers fans prefer another more top-end healthy arm? Yes, but can Chris Sale do that? If he's healthy, yes, he can. Uh, I think the Rangers may be in on that. If they're the Astros, you probably make a phone call to Boston. Uh, the White Sox have been thrown out there as a possible reunion spot. Uh, if you're the Dodgers, you probably make a phone call. So I think he's going to be a, an arm that commands because when he's healthy, he's one of the best in baseball. You still have that high 90s fastball, that wipeout slider coming from the left side. Still a quality you know, arm. Uh, just a matter of how healthy is he? Right. How healthy can he be? How many innings is he going to give you? What what role do you see him playing? Uh, so I, I, I'm interested to see what teams might be in on that. Who? What are you going to get? If you're Boston, what are you getting in return for, for that kind of a pitcher? Hmm. I, I, that was an interesting deal that came out yesterday where, hey, Chris Sale's on the market. Uh, a few years ago, that's a big deal. Now yeah. it's more of a quiet deal, but it's got potential. The Rangers could use him. Yeah, I, 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 I think a, the Rangers will be a good landing spot for him, simply because the, uh, you, you talk about like teams like the White Sox. I mean, good team, but not a consistent team. Um, Rangers are in win now mode. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't that's pay, what I, and that's what I'm looking you don't at. Pay Simeon, Seager, and Degrom that money. You don't go hire Bruce Bochy out of retirement. You don't get Mike Maddox back into the fold right. if you're not in win now mode. Like it just and, that, and that's what I'm looking at. The the Rangers right now are on a on the incline because they've went got a new manager, yes. players, so they're doing what they need to do now to be able to win later, and so and even in this upcoming season. So that's why I'm saying it'll be a, for him. The Rangers will be easily. A good, opinion, a good landing spot if he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I still think that they need to. You got to shore up that bullpen. We could use another bat coming out of the outfield, you know, position. Uh, maybe move Mitch Carver over to DH permanently. So you you could do a few things there. But the Rangers are in position to be contenders. I'm just eager to see. Okay, what little last minute pieces are we going to put into this puzzle? Now that most of the big big names are gone, now how do we kind of fill it out to where we can build a consistent contender? And win this year, you know, and and see what where we're at at the trade deadline. Maybe you then can go trade for another top end guy. Uh, but we'll we'll definitely be keeping an eye on on that. As you can see, it's been a weekend full of sports. Yeah, uh, Christmas was good. Christmas yeah. was fun. The breaks over. Back to the grind of uh, keeping up with what's going on. Yeah, man, and it was a lot more uh, sports filled uh, Christmas act- than normal. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I mean that this Christmas this year for me kind of felt different. 
and that was part of it. Yeah, uh, a big part of it. You watch more football and basketball <laughs> because we're used to the sports world kind of hitting the pause. But and to be in like, a few you know, teams with, playing with, here with, the, with the NFL taking over that Saturday spot on Christmas Eve, NBA's always had Christmas Day. Yeah. So you you just kind of looked at that and went, man, right. that's a lot packed into one weekend. And so, uh, but like you said, it was a good weekend, good Christmas uh, filled with sports. Uh, some some great stuff that's coming up this weekend uh, in the college football world as playoffs uh, kick off. Um, Some good key NFL yeah, matchups. Thursday yeah. night is actually going to be a watchable football yeah, game. Yeah, with the Cowboys and the Titans uh, heading off in Nashville, um, Tennessee. And I think that has the potential to be a good game. I, I'm interested in see how the bike, the, not the Vikings, the uh, the Titans, if, if they will bounce back. Um, yeah, you've got that situation over there with, you know, Tannehill maybe up. Looks yeah. like he is going to be out for the rest well, of the year. Yeah. What are you going to do with Malik Willis? What do you do with Derrick Henry? What yeah. does that shape up like? Well, you still if, hold if, on to a playoff spot. Yeah, well, if Derrick Henry is playing, this is where you get to see test Dallas's run game for real. Yeah. Uh, because they've struggled these last couple of weeks. You know, they kind of got it together after uh, uh, for a bit. But then they hear, here lately they've struggled these last couple of weeks. So, uh, against a running back like Derrick Henry, you're going to get to see what that run game is, is really, what it really looks like, uh, and it, if it's truly and really hurting, in, in which it, it is at this point, but you're going to get to see uh, how it looks and if it improves or it's, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all, all around, I think it'd be a re- uh, really good game, uh, defensive wise. Uh, and office, uh, all around for both sides. I just want to see if the Titans are going to bounce back. Yeah, if see they, if they're still a playoff team. Yeah. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see. But uh, y'all have a great rest of your week. Be looking for content on our TikTok page, our other social media pages. Be sure and get this show out there because we're moving into a new year. Moving into yes. some big things. And we're excited to have y'all along on the ride. Have a great week. Peace.